Welcome to the Rule Number 7 Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Kyle. And your rule of the day is do the shit you want to do while you're young before you get old and die. <laughs> Today we have our friend Mike, and he just got back from what might possibly be the coolest thing you can do before you turn 40. And we want to hear all about it. How you doing, we, man? Yeah. Dude, good, it's guys. so good to see you. It's been forever. Ever, man. It How you doing, boys? Awful. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof. I am doing terrible, but I, I've, I feel bad because I have been following your trip day by day. Yeah. And I am just like, fuck, he's not home yet. <laughs> fuck, he's not home yet. Because I just want to talk to you about your stop trip. Stop having fun. Yeah, stop. Fucking come home. And when I saw the beer picture and you were like, headed home, I was like, thank fucking god because we've been because like i told kyle i was like bro we have got to fucking get him on and talk to him about like why he even did this in the first place but um i want to start off with getting like an explanation of who you are and what you do obviously uh you know we know each other from fredericksburg and music and stuff and i me and you went to high school for two years together at spotsy yep and i didn't um, know that yeah, you don't know a lot of things, so pay attention. Get yourself a sharp pencil and a fucking clean sheet of paper and start writing stuff down. So, so, uh, Mike, tell me a little bit about yourself for the viewers. So, I'm Mike Owen. I am Fredericksburg, born and raised, native here all my life. Love it. Love this town. Um, I make my living on the internet doing digital marketing for... Uh, up and coming projects or the video game or entertainment divisions of certain uh, certain companies, just anything that can keep me working on social media sites for companies that have interesting products going on and things like that. So I can hype up their communities and build them up and make them better. Um, with the background that Lucas and I have, of course, you know, I do music. I'm still engaging in that pretty often. Oh, and you are. That's yeah. sick. Yeah, I'm actually trying to build it back right now. I'm uh I had that project I was doing for a while, Metal Bread, uh, mm -hmm. focused on metal covers of video game music. And I, yep. well, I, I let that yeah. sleep for a little bit, but I'm surely trying to build it back and finally finish that first album. You know what I mean, boys? Right. Fuck yeah. 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 yeah so man. so like when I look you up, because I was like, you know what, I fucking kind of need to know exactly what it is. Your your business is Gauntlet Content Solutions. Yes, yes. So is... so is this something that is completely yours? It is. It is. It's a okay. small little LLC, basically just uh, you know, a title and a limited liability contract that I can use to just put myself out there and work for different businesses and companies. It's really just it might as well just be me. The only reason right. I even exist is to give me the protections of an LLC and help make taxes easier. Right. Okay. That makes but sense. I'm just running around uh, work. I, I started out just doing local businesses. Uh, mm -hmm. There's, you know, I'm sure that you guys being close to home remember Sage. Sage made his game. Yeah. Yeah. I work with him. Uh, that arcade that's been work growing up the last few years. Reclaim. Reclaim arcade. Yep. Yeah. Worked with them. A few other spots. Um, Dude, you got them millions of views on TikTok. Yeah, man. That was so that is, was a good time. So was that what your LLC is about? Like, are you like? you build social medias for like gaming content or like nostalgia or comic book or like, like what exactly does that entail? Well, what, what is, what is, what do you have to do 
for your job to get these people what you offer them, essentially. You just got to, I mean, because I try to make sure that all of my clients are centered on something that I enjoy, like mm-hmm. the arcade and the video game store and other, you know, some other businesses around here. I had a trading card client. All of those things that I'm into personally, you know, mm-hmm. personally enjoy the hobby and know other people in that hobby. It's kind of really just make the kind of content I'd like to see, you know, because right. I'm a fan of all those things. I'm already tapped into the communities that I'm trying to reach because I'm part of those communities. Okay. So I, when I make the TikTok videos and the Facebook posts and, you know, it, it, from the outside, it looks like magic because they just take off. I just know what the people want to see because I know what I would want to see because I am the people. And that's why, that's why it works. It's, it works every single time. That's sick, man. Well, I'd say I mean, so with the fucking millions of views it's gotten. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it's good to work within a community. Give a fuck about, I mean, that's like Kyle. Kyle works in IT and that's, you know, one of his favorite things to do in like so- it's his side time. So, of course, he's going to give it extra effort. Me, I work at a chemical factory and I kind of hope it blows up before I have to go back <laughs> to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I know that feel, dude. I've been before I before I started doing this non-conventional career thing. I, I've been there, man. Every job I ever worked before that I hated with a passion that was oh, my yeah. passion hating my job <laughs> yeah. how did the, how did it even end up taking off did you just were like hey i'll post some videos for you and then fucking boom millions of views later well it actually took off i i went to do it privately for someone i was doing those projects for so many years like basically the second i graduated high school i started focusing on making online content i did it for like 10 years and while I was coming out of my last Let's Play project and really getting into Metal Bread and working on that, I actually got a call from the owner of a local comic book store out on Route 3. And they were like, hey, I really like what you do. Come do it for me. Come come, you know, build my stuff online better and make it look good and bring people in. And I was like, okay, sure, yeah. And I was completely flying by my, the seat of my pants. I'd never done it for a business before, never done anything even remotely close to the product assessment and, uh, you know, fan engagement that I was trying to do for them. But I really dove into it and had a great time. And unfortunately, that, you know, ended because of some problems at the right. store. But uh, I realized coming out of it, no matter what the negative uh, interactions I had about it, that it was something I loved. It was so much fun right. because it was what I had been doing all this time on my own time for, you know, five views here, 10 views here, never monetized any of the content, never made a buck off of any of it right. to, if you do this slight shift to instead of doing it for some stupid idea and do it for a business instead, now suddenly it's monetizable. Now suddenly it's worth thousands of dollars. That just it took off like a lightning bolt. Well, it's crazy how like the job force of the world has shifted because like uh, my cousin's wife, she was talking to Gabby the other day and she's going for like a business degree in social media media management. And it's crazy that that's a fucking thing you can go to college for is managing someone's social media. I'm pretty because, sure it's a bachelor now. Like you yeah, can get a like, four-year no degree in it. My my fiance at one point was working at this horse farm and she was uh her title was like uh head groom and 
social media business instructor, some shit. And I was like, huh? <laughs> bitch, I work shift work. Like, how the fuck is this even a job? I feel like my grandpa's like, you fuck, you got soft hands, boy. <laughs> but like, that's sick that you're able to make a career out of this. So, so right when you started, were you, uh, so you had the local comic book shop. And then did it pour off throughout local avenues or did you start getting things from the internet? It, it from local avenues for sure. Mm -hmm. I, when I left the comic book shop and started and created gauntlet and started growing the client business, it was 100% all local clients. And I all never, within, sorry to interrupt you, but like all within shit you like to do still, like we're talking comic books, gaming, things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, I, there was one exception. I was working with a uh, sub shop, you know, a restaurant. <laughs> That's just still pretty fucking tight. Yeah, yeah. everybody no, loves subs. <laughs> exactly, man. It's my favorite food. Sandwiches yeah. can't beat it. But uh, that was just more of a, you know, little little charity gig because it wasn't really any money exchange there. He was just struggling, and I was trying to help. Right. But the main clientele of my business definitely was. Um, you know, things that I had a very vested interest in tabletop stuff, video games, arcades, trading cards, just all the good nerd shit, man. Hell yeah. That's sick. So uh, I'm going to ask something. You can tell me to fuck off if you want. Fuck um, off. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> so like <clears throat> when you go into contract with these people, do you say here's a flat rate or do you say like, do you, are you going for percentages when these videos do get that many views and start bringing in money. I normally stay away from trying to get involved with like getting a percentage rate of whatever monetization goes through because that's then I'm predicating my success purely on that's you a know, gamble monetization. Exactly. Instead offering a flat rate saying you get any monetization that may or may not come through because the whole focus of my contracts are always based on engagement and growing you. And, you know, right. if you make any money from this, that's awesome. You know, go buy yourself a beer, but that's not why I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this to help grow your audience, grow your customer base, get more eyes on you and make sure that people who see you see you often. Hell yeah, dude. So That's yeah, sweet. flat rate all day. I never try and dip my fingers in any kind of monetization streams that they might get from the content. Well, are the are the money you can make off of those like TikTok and and all of that is it dog shit money anyway unless you're doing like millions of views every video? Oh dude, absolutely. I mean, the only kind of content that you can get real money purely from the ad revenue YouTube. of the content is long form YouTube content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. YouTube Shorts, TikTok, Instagram Reels, all of those pay absolute ass. The well, only reason those guys are making any money is because they're doing brand deals. I, I can't remember which podcast I was listening to, but they said that once YouTube shorts come out, I think it was Mr. B saying it, that uh, that's going to be the new thing. Because uh, YouTube, it's like making TikToks, but YouTube does a full 50-50 split. Hmm. I mean, I can see that and that bringing people into wanting that to be their main platform for short form content, but I don't see anybody paying the bills for it, man. I mean, I know I can tell you in, in you know, a direct example, 
I have a piece of content up right now for a specific client that I'm working for right now that just hit 350,000 views as a short. That's so dope. That's and so dope. It made $11. <laughs> God damn. Keep change, <laughs> motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, sure, yeah, you're going to, you could see success and you get 50% of that. That's great. But I mean, you're not paying off your tuition with that. That's not going to pay off the doctor bills. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so have you ever been approached for a brand deal? Uh, actually, yeah, it was really sick. I was, it was when Sage's TikTok had just kicked off. Mm -hmm. It had grown, I think, 7,000 followers overnight, basically. Right. And I actually got hit up by, are are either you guys familiar with the website Whatnot? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Not not like super familiar, but I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Basically, it's just like if eBay and Twitch had a baby, live Mm -hmm. stream, live auctions, really awesome site. Uh, they actually hit me up to see if I would make content to promote the video game auctions on their site because oh, I had such shit. a big audience of video game right. uh, people. And I was actually using Whatnot at the time. I just started selling for Sage on Whatnot. So I was like, this is great. Can I get a creator code to use for this? And they're like, oh, absolutely. And that oh, that was a very lucrative relationship I had with them because – it was happening outside of the purview of the contract with that I had with Sage, but it was predicated on my own ability to create the content and satisfy the, 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 you know, what they were looking for. So because of that, I kept all of that. Every That's time nice. that somebody used a credit card, hundred yeah. percent of it went to me. Fuck. Yeah. So I assume you no longer have that deal. Oh no, it's still running. It's just been a while oh. since they have, uh, since they approached me for trying to do something new, the old gotcha. one is still going. I'm still putting out regular content using their creator code, trying to make sure that I'm pushing what I see as their top deals right now. Right. But um, I'm looking to hopefully soon get something fresh from them. Like here's a change perspective, or let's try and do something different because right. it's starting to get stale. People on TikTok are be like, oh yeah, fucking whatnot, whatever. We don't give a shit. Real quick. No, I'm fucking <laughs> uh, before or at the end of this episode, do me a favor and shoot me a message on Facebook of everything that you want um, in, in the bio for this episode so we yeah. can promote oh, your business. So, My so I know you have, I think you have a Facebook page at least. Yeah. Or you have your own, but then yeah, I know you have Instagram, TikTok. Do you have Twitter? I do. Okay. So make sure all your social medias, everything that you need plugged to, to yep. better what you're doing. I mean, we don't have the biggest audience in the world, but I mean, We'll we'll plug it. My guys, thank you. Yeah, absolutely, dude. So it's good to hear you're doing good, man. Yeah, dude, it's fucking tight. We we I don't know how much you listen to the podcast, but we were talking. It was like at least twenty episodes ago about uh like our friends and that like like sometimes our friends do so much in the background that's good that they don't get recognized. So we tried to like shout our boys out and we, we, you know, we talked about Nick, Brian Gordon and friends like that. And then we brought up you and we were like, dude, we just, we haven't heard from him. We, we see he's doing good shit, but we're just, we're just happy. He's happy. I appreciate that guys. I yeah, must've missed that episode, but I'm definitely gonna have to go back and give it a watch. That's probably Kyle's fault. <laughs> Actually, it's Facebook's fault. It, it, it seems like then it's, then it's almost... my fault because I'm in charge of our Facebook. 
Facebook. No, I no, it's not even that. I'm telling you. I went back after you reached out to me, after Kyle right. reached out to me, and was like, dude, I haven't seen anything from their podcast in forever. What are you doing? <laughs> no, all these posts that Facebook just decided that I was better off not seeing for some fucking reason. And I'm like, what is going I'm following in everything, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I I ever since Facebook put in that new rule where you only see like eleven yeah. percent of what you're following your stuff, I feel like yeah. I've missed out on so much important shit. Oh yeah. Well, like so that's the thing. Like, so Kyle is in charge of all like our editing and stuff because I'm too stupid to do it. And <laughs> I, he was like, "You just be in charge of our social media." I'm like, "Dude, I got it. <laughs> like, I fucking got this." <laughs> And every once in a while, I'll make a Facebook page and their post, and I'm like, "Hey, we did shit." Because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to fucking post. I don't, sure. I don't fucking whatever. We gotta hire board. Mike. Hey, we're about to hire Mike. This shit has come full circle. We'll give oh, you a creator man. code. It doesn't do anything, but you, you can even name your creator code if you want. Use code Mike for absolutely fuck all. <laughs> oh, that's sick. So, so, so after local. Then you got your creator code with whatnot. Is there any outside sources from like overseas? Is there anybody that's like branching into your business to ask for your help? Oh, absolutely, dude. That's and this so is, fucking sick. This is the fun part of the story that I always like to tell. So unfortunately, the sad aspect of it is the gauntlet absolutely shit the bed. Uh, <laughs> the way in, in one week, every single one of my clients had to drop me for one reason or another. Oh, it was man. terrible. Um, so is this like when you first kind of got going or got some speed going? It or? was about a year in. It was about gotcha. a year in. And it's, you know, that just you, that little downturn in the economy we had, plus a bunch of different other factors with different companies mm-hmm. didn't really work out that well. So right. I ended up getting dropped. And at that same time, I had a friend reach out to me from a company he was working for in Hollywood that needed a community manager for their online show that they were trying to get off the ground. No shit. Yuck. So, so was that friend from Fredericksburg? Yes. Yes. You uh you remember Eric Anderson? Yeah. Yeah. He was He lives with, in California now? No, no. He lived oh, in LA okay. for a couple of years, but he okay. uh he's back home now. He's he's in Alexandria now. Okay. But uh Oh man, I lost it. Anyway, they were um so they needed the the community manager for the show. It's uh, it's called Alpha Betas. There, it's they take four big gaming YouTubers from like way back in the day. They've been making stuff for forever. Uh, Van mm. Oss Gaming, basically, I do work. Terrorizer and uh, oh god, who's the third guy? I'm gonna get fired now. Uh, yeah. I am Wildcat. <laughs> they did this animated show. It's uh, adult comedy like Rick and Morty or Family Guy, mm. um, and that's going really well. And then Eric left that company. <laughs> And got a job somewhere else that I actually not going to bring that up, but he right. got me a job at that place too. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. Well, that's so. good that you have connections that keep. I mean, you know, if 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 I needed something from Kyle and or my job did, I'd recommend Kyle every time. It, it's good to hey. have friends in other places. Oh, and, for sure, man. I, I feel mean, super grateful about it. It's just I love that it's every time he he gets a new gig, he gets presented with something that he feels like is a good fit for me. And I'm just like, damn, dude. All right. Yeah. Fuck okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Send every fucking contract my way, man. Hell That's yeah. Dude. That's so awesome, how many, man. how many contracts do you have right now? Just, uh, well, three, because I've got the one in Hollywood. 
the gig I'm working with the other company that is actually based in the East Coast. And then I'm actually still working for Sage. <laughs> I don't do his nice. social media anymore. I sell for him exclusively on whatnot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He gets so many video games in every week that he basically just hands me crates and crates of games. He's like, make these go away. That's, That's a tight. great place. Yeah. yeah I don't think I've ever been there. Where where exactly is it? Route three. Mm. Your favorite place? You can wreck yeah. it's right over the bridge. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, well, so we gotta get a dissertation real quick hold on so i i guess i i don't know if you know but i did move <laughs> i don't live in fredericksburg anymore i figured you were farther away yeah like as far not as far as i could possibly be but pretty fucking far <laughs> i fucking hate fredericksburg <laughs> me and fredericksburg were not, yeah me and fredericksburg didn't mesh too well so i moved back home to front royal so i'm not that far but it's uh yeah fuck route three <laughs> so so what's it by though uh harbor freight right yeah harbor okay Frey, i know so it's, ham. yeah yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah. then that's it's like where too. the cc's used to be yes oh, man let's talk about cc's for a Fuck, second man that shit makes me so sad dude we have oh no it's a dentist in winchester now never mind i think the maybe only one open around us is uh the one in Glen Allen. I think Dude, that's still open. There's cinnamon rolls? I mean, come on. Ooh, too good, man. <laughs> too good. So, uh, let's go ahead and, and kick off. Are you good? One second, boys. Take your time. You're good. You're I'm going to tell Kyle. So, fuck Route 3 again. If anybody's ever heard of Route 3, or if you've ever lived in Fredericksburg, Route 3's piece of shit. The back, <laughs> end of front, the back end of Route 3, the front end of Route 3. The middle is awful. And uh, it makes you, dude, it, when I drank, it made me drink on my way home. <laughs> it was the fucking worst time of my life. It's not that bad. It's fucking awful. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10 before we go any farther, how bad is Route 3? I'll give it a 9. I'd probably go like a 6. You're out of your fucking mind. Nah, dude. I would definitely give it like a... With how much driving I've done in Northern Virginia and D.C., Route 3 is like a 4. Yeah, well, I get mad when there's one person in front of me on the back road, so. <laughs> Okay, now that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right, so tell me, let's start off telling me about where you went on your trip. So I... And, and the time spent there. Sure. Well, how did how did it even culminate? I was going to ask. Oh, I thought, I, thought, I thought you were going. No, so, no, no. So no. go ahead. Just, we got to go tell ahead. them where you I'm went gonna eat, first. I'm going to eat my Fritos. In the beginning of this year, I left at the end of February, and I took a two-month trip to Asia. Spent a month in South Korea and a month in Japan. That is so fucking tight. I would cut off my pinky toe and mail it to someone to go on that trip. Not Maybe not so much South Korea, but definitely Japan. You know, I, and that's kind of been the consensus I've gotten about the trip. It's like, it's either, it's a 50-50 split between people being like, only focusing on asking me about Japan or like going out of their way to be like, why the hell did you go to South Korea? Well, we're going to ask you both, but it, we're not <laughs> asking in like, bro, why the fuck did you go here and not just spend two months in Japan? I want to hear why for both. And, and we're, I just, we're going to really break this down because we've been wondering for since the end of February. Fair so, enough. so what made you go on this? Actually, hold on, Kyle, Kyle, go <laughs> ahead and ask him. Go ahead and ask him real quick, Kyle. <laughs> Frida. So where did this culminate? <laughs> you, this motherfucker looked this word culminate up earlier at work, has wrote it down and was like, 
tag that in there. <laughs> Production <laughs> preparation. Uh, hello? Oh, shit. So how did this all culminate? There it is again. <laughs> uh, do, do you guys mind if I hit the vape while I'm talking? Go ahead, bro. No, dude. Appreciate you vaped it up. Yeah, it's your house. We're just here. Facts. Thank you. So, I have been, I've been wanting to take a trip to Japan for over a decade at this point. And it's, it started, and it's not nothing I'm proud of to say, it started from the same nerdy place that it starts with a lot of people. Boy, I really like anime. I wonder what it's oh. like to go to the place where it's made. Mike, let me tell you this. My fiance has like walls full of anime shit exclusive yes. anime merch fucking her old car before she got in a wreck had like a row in the top of the, like the crystal anime sun stickers and like anime girls all the way around the side like the ones that are on the like the side of it that are like hey on the gas tank she got her car and 30 minutes later had three anime stickers on it like she is so excited to listen to this episode it's, it's fucking no judgment here, bro. Well, first off, your wife sounds like the coolest person I, I, I've ever of a could dick. meet. <laughs> no, she's kind of a dick, dude. Stop. <laughs> she's, she's all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's cool as shit. Uh, she's got me into... So, uh, I'm a big Jujutsu Kaisen fan. Hell we yeah. went and saw the movie, and it was fucking tight. Um, I have a anime keychain that I keep my keys on. It's this little guy with a fishing pole. I don't, I, I don't know. Little guy one in a green outfit. Yes. Yeah. With Hunter, a fishing Hunter. pole. Yeah, that. So I have his keychain, um, and we watch Jujutsu Kaisen all the time. So, so it's it's not. Kyle hates it. He's judgmental against it. I, he he I'm was here talking for the shit Pokemon stuff here. and the video games. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get nerdy well, with you, but I just can't do it with anime. Nothing wrong with just liking Pokemon, man. I mean, that's what eight different, nine different series that you could watch. Just sticking with that show. There you exactly. Go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so yeah, right. it started it started big time nerd factor for me, but the the sheer amount of time that it was between when I wanted when I visualized taking this trip and when I actually did, so much research went into it that of course that evolved into a genuine desire to just see what this country's like. That of course uh instigated that desire to travel that so many people get in their mid twenties. Mm -hmm. So when that awoke, awoke for me, I already had a destination in mind. So that just redoubled how much I wanted to go to Japan because now it's not just because I want to go there specifically, but because I just want to go anywhere. Right. So by the time that the trip actually came around, I probably had a hundred different reasons why I wanted to see this country and several of the, uh, why I wanted to stay long term. Uh, yeah. The biggest one being that. I don't feel like I would have done the trip justice if I didn't stay long enough to see how the people actually lived. That's, that's understandable. Tight. Yeah, that's, that's tight. tight. We went to, uh, not, not to, this is stupid, but we went to Hawaii <laughs> for a week and uh, on vacation. And I feel like I was there for like 30 minutes. Right. Roughly. And like, I ended up meeting up with some friends that lived down there that tattoo. And that was cool and all, but like, I saw the tourist side of it and I never, like you said, got to see how people lived there and right. explored like, cause like up in the Island, it's like a favela from modern warfare Two. 
oh, is wow. what it kind of looks like it going up there. And it would have been tight to like, I mean, they, there's a culture of like fucking, there's like a Chicano culture almost of like low riders and fucking Chicano motorcycles that I didn't even get to fucking explore, which is like in my wheelhouse. But nonetheless, it, that it makes so much sense as to why you would want to, you know, stay there and learn about something you've spent so long planning. Absolutely. I wanted to make sure that I got every facet of the experience that I possibly could. Right. And it, I feel like I did for sure. That's for sick. sure. Before I dive into that, I will flip over. <laughs> the Korea aspect of the trip was a late addition. Right. I... I had a friend who really, really, really wanted to go to South Korea. So and you didn't travel by yourself? Not to South Korea, no. Okay. Uh, she didn't feel comfortable going on the trip by herself. And it had always kind of floated around whenever we talked about Because she wanted initially wanted to go to the Japan trip with me as well. But the longer we talked about it, the lo- she started to become more and more enamored with the idea of South Korea. And really kind of fostered the same feelings I had toward Japan, towards South Korea. So the longer okay. we talked about the trip, the more it became uh, evident that she had her sights set on a trip to Korea instead. Okay. And I decided that... You know, it would not be a bad idea to knock off another country on my travel belt. I guess I let my desire to travel make that decision more for me than uh, any real fascination I have with the country. I was like, you know what? I want to be able to say I went there and saw what it was all about. Fuck yeah. And I did. And it was it was pretty incredible. I'm not going to lie. No, it wasn't Japan, but it was still pretty incredible. Did you do Japan (laughs) by yourself? I did the first two weeks of Japan by myself, and then actually my roommate flew out and stayed with me the last two weeks. He Hell wanted yes. to come. It was initially supposed to be just me, but he was really about it. And he was like, you know, I probably won't get an opportunity to do this again because you are already got the Airbnb and stuff. Like, this makes it a more financially viable option for me. Is it cool? And I was like, dude, hell yeah, it's cool. I'm, what am I going to say? No, you can't take the trip of a lifetime just so I can have a place to myself. Hell no. Come on, dude. That's so he sick. came out and it was, yeah, it was great. It was great. So I I should probably ask Luke if he has this before I ask you, but uh, how, no, much I, money, <laughs> how much money did you save for this trip? I saved about $10,000 for this trip. That's insane. Damn, uh, now, what does that translate to over there? $10,000, dumbass. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> when I was in Japan, uh, one... One dollar was roughly 130 yen, so it came out to be, I think, ten thousand dollars. What would that be? 1.3, 110. Yeah, I think that's 1.3 million yen. So you're rich, yeah. That's what you're saying. (laughs) It's just a change, it's it's like it's just just a change in the denomination of it. It makes it sound like it's more money than it actually is when you look at it. The yen is basically their dollar. So even though you're having, you have a hundred yen, it's more like saying I have a hundred pennies. So, you know, 1.3 million yen is 1.3 million pennies. Okay. Damn, so you poor. It's still a lot, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, switch shift on that real quick. (laughs) So that's sick that you were able to save that, bro. I can't even save fucking $10 in my bank account because I'm like, damn. I could really go for like a donut and some coffee right now. 
<laughs> well, I got I got really lucky with how the the time frame that I was planning this trip. I spent almost the entirety of it as a stay at home stay at home caregiver for my grandmother. Okay. So I was getting paid through a program with the state that paid pretty well. And mm-hmm. considering the nature of what I was doing, I was on call basically all the time. So I never had time to spend that money. So it kind of saved itself pretty naturally, actually. Okay. Right. That's good, man. Because I mean, like I would be panicked because I know, I don't know anything about South Korea. I'm excited to talk to you and learn about it and learn about what things I might be interested in because the odds of me ever going there slim to none. But the odds of me going to Japan is pretty high because Gabby, my fiance. But like, I would be scared shitless that I don't have enough money to do all the cool shit I want to do. That's fair. That's very so, fair. So was it hard booking? Because I'm going to ask for the the Japan Airbnb. How difficult was that to book? Was it pretty simple or? Oh, dude, it was just it was like booking any other Airbnb. Okay. There was a little bit of extra uh, prep that needed to go into it once it was booked. Because once it was actually put through, per requirements of the Japanese government, I needed to send him a picture of my uh, passport, like, mm-hmm. you know, give him a mugshot of myself, um, send him a couple <laughs> couple ID details, like, you know, address and stuff like that. But nothing that took me longer than five minutes to send to them. And then once That's he tight. had it, he completely took care of it from there. So really, it was just a one-to-one any you know if i booked something in kentucky or someplace close to home mm-hmm. really felt like it was that simple okay and and as far as the start of your traveling uh was it difficult was there like customs was there like getting into those countries how difficult was that uh getting into south korea was not that difficult because i flew into south korea from the states uh, well, actually, I flew to Canada, then from Canada to South Korea. And right. How long really... was the flight? Oh, Bro. <laughs> fucking 10 years, baby. All in all, I'm pretty sure I spent 14 hours in the air. Oh, Was that your first time on a plane? Time. No, no. I'd flown domestically, but that was definitely my first international travel. Okay. Were the seats a little more comfortable? shit dude oh god absolutely we're bigger dudes and plane seats are like kill yourself the whole time (laughs) i will say though and this a spoiler for the whole story i got actual god tier luck on my flights to where every single flight i took except for the tiny little flight at the very end from georgia to uh baltimore right i had one side of me had nobody on it Fuck yes. So I could just lean over it towards the empty seat and like had that extra space. Every single flight. I took like seven flights during this whole trip. And every single time I had extra space. I was so happy about that. So what was the uh what was the flight pattern like? So you going out, you left out of BWI, I assume. I left out at Dulles. Dulles, okay. Okay. Yeah. I left out of Dulles and went up to which one's farther east? Toronto or Vancouver? I think it's Toronto, right? Uh, Toronto, if I'm not mistaken, is straight up, and Vancouver's like all the way over. Gotcha. So then, yeah, I flew to Toronto from DC, and then from Toronto flew to Vancouver, and then from Vancouver it went all the way up through Alaska, across a little bit of water, hit Russia, and then rolled all the way down the coast till you get to 
Korea. Dude, that is so just okay. So like when I when I travel, I fucking love airports. Like not going through them so much, but when I get to where I can like eat something, I love getting food at airports. I don't know what the fuck it is. I know usually it's trash, but every once in a while you get banging ass food at airports. Facts. So, facts. so did you have layovers and shit? Yeah. Yeah. I had uh, one small layover in Toronto and then an overnight in Vancouver. Yo, so you got to sleep at the airport? Uh, I stayed at the attached hotel. Okay. Okay. That's tight. That's not that bad. No, it was actually pretty good. They had a nice restaurant there. Fuck yes. See, you got to get the food near the airports, man. Yeah, man. You. It was That's it was sick. actually really good. So uh, I don't know how to ask this without <laughs> sounding like plain. It's not bad. It's just like I don't know how to sound it without being vanilla about it. But like what goes in? Oh, so, so you got your flights, you got your money. Like, do you have to worry about? I mean, you got to pack for two months, bro. Well, like what goes into that? Obviously, you'll find a washer and dryer somewhere, but like, and that really <laughs> levels out the playing field on like what all I need to bring. Because when you remember, it's like I'm going to be able to wear this shirt more than once because I'm going to wash it. Right. The packing really comes down to just making sure that you have the things that you can't get there. Like, here's an interesting tidbit: if you, if and when you ever do go to Asia, bring enough deodorant for the entire trip because they don't sell it there. And if they do, it's incredibly hard to find. They don't sell it? Fun fact. Um, South Koreans, and to a lesser extent, the Japanese, uh, gene-wise, almost the entire population does not possess the gene that makes sweat smell bad. They God literally damn it, why am I not <laughs> from there? They do not produce BO. Just God, that's so cool. I so smell like a fucking sweaty-ass like dog toy bro same <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so things like that you you know it was a very rude awakening for me and i struggled i ended up having to wear women's deodorant for the majority of my trip because that's just i mean they didn't have a single stick of men's anywhere you could find but i mean it really just felt like packing for a long trip like nothing right, really right. special went into it was there any more like real oddities there that you couldn't get your hands on that you're so used to doing here? Playboys. Uh, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, you'd be amazed what they sell at the gas stations over there. I'd imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> oh, it's man. Like, it's like the Asia version of fucking Detroit, baby. <laughs> but, Kyle, uh, real, uh, real quick side note. Kyle, what'd you get in Detroit? Was it in Detroit? When you were on tour? What, what magazine did you get? Oh, the fucking... I remember that, dude. It was the... Uh, I don't know why I thought it would be cool to get, but it was like Wow on the cover of it. And I was like, bro, I might be able to shoot tits! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you did either, did you? No, bro. It was like a like a maybe 10% hanging out oh. of like a strapless <laughs> dress. And I'm like, I'll still whack it. My man got bamboozled <laughs> in Detroit. <laughs> Worst nine ninety nine ever spent. So... So oh, I, my main thing I'm excited to talk about is the food because I'm a fat piece of shit. <laughs> but so so we got the flights, we got the prep work, we got the money. Oh, dude, I one assume... thing to add about the flights, though. Right. Bring your patience. Bring your patience. I'm out. The Asian <laughs> airport. 
because you are going to be doing a lot of standing around and walking in back and forth lines, zigzagging lines to get through. Because it's it's just everything you have to deal with. Custom takes forever. Quarantine takes forever. Uh, check-in takes forever. Bags oh. take forever. So you had to do a quarantine? And not an actual, like, real deal quarantine. You have to, there's a portion of the intake when you're in Korea where you have to provide your basically your COVID history and show them it's like, okay, I haven't had anything recently that would make me a possible vector. For Do you have to have your vaccination? You have to show proof of either vaccination or a uh, negative COVID test. So not boosters, just the original vax. Oh no, two, two boosters too. Damn. Yeah. I'm surprised well, you, I'm surprised you get the option though. Well, they realize that, you know, they can't bar everybody that has, you know, refused to get a vaccine or can't get one. That's the big one. Though the people that can't, they they smell the lawsuit on the air with making sure those people can't come. So instead, they do give them the option of being like, okay, well, you're not sick now, so okay. come on in. But dude, so like when I went to Hawaii, not that this is anywhere close to the realm of what you did, they gave us the option of you have to prove that you are you have to take like COVID tests or whatever, and then you have to quarantine in Hawaii for a week before you can go out, Oof. or you you could have your vaccination. So we wouldn't just got vax. Fair enough. I mean, yeah. if the, well, a week, yeah, dude, I would have definitely gone the same route as you did too. But it was nothing like that in Korea. It was forty five minutes of okay. going through a really clunky, shitty app. And right. inputting information, but uh, yeah, dude, it's Asian airports are kind of hell for <laughs> coming in internationally. I'm right. sure domestically it's not that bad, but getting into Korea absolutely sucked. Getting into Japan absolutely sucked. So how bad? So I'll ask this question multiple times. How bad was the language barrier? That's what I was about. Was to ask, there yeah. one at all, or it depends on. What exactly constitutes language barrier for you? Like, it, was there an actual, just flat out barrier of communication between me and the locals? Absolutely. So mm -hmm. many people didn't speak, you know, hardly any English that, right. you know, uh, actually trying to just walk up and converse with the local, absolutely not on the table. Just not going to happen. The chance of you getting lucky enough that they have conversational level English is a million to one. On the flip side, it wasn't a huge barrier for like getting around or getting doing things, uh, especially good. in Japan, lesser extent to Korea, but a lot of signage has English, a ton of signage. It looked like that from your photos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a ton of signage. Um, most of the websites had auto translate options. Uh, a lot of restaurants that go in and that you can go in and order off the screen, which surprising number of restaurants in Japan and Korea do not, you don't order at the counter. You order That's at the screen tight. and then they take care of your food for you. Have English options. So there is a huge barrier there to interact one-to-one -one with the populace, but to actually just be there and to you know feed yourself and get the stuff you need from a supermarket, it's not so bad. Hey, uh, my grandfather's called me like three times. Can we pause real quick? I need to yeah, just make sure he's okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So uh, anyway, I don't know where we were at. We left so, off on airports suck. Yeah, so airports <laughs> sucks, and we were talking about the language barrier. Oh, yeah. Language barrier. 
yeah, it's, uh, I mean, in a, in essence, it's nothing that you should consider making you not take the trip. Cause did you try and learn bad. any of the language? Just what I deem to be essential stuff. How to like, say, Konnichiwa? please, thank you. Yeah. Like <laughs> how to say hello. <laughs> That's what it means. Yeah. Konnichiwa is hello. Shit. <laughs> so if you, in, in any of our fucking episodes, we have viewers heavy in like Austria or something like that. Something. Somewhere. So Kyle's always been like, Konnichiwa. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even relatively close no. to how you say it. <laughs> 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 yes, Konnichiwa is hello in Japanese. Uh, Ohio Gazaimasu. Hello, good morning. That was the next one I was going to ask if you knew that what that meant. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> And you know the the other real essentials like how to ask for a beer and where the bathrooms are, how to ask for hot wings, things like that. That's what I'm excited to hear about is the food. Yeah, I can't wait. But we're gonna get there. I want to save that for a little later. Yeah, <laughs> we got to keep the people waiting. Fair enough. So so we got to travel and all that stuff. So so tell me. So so you get to South Korea. So like it, it starts. You're you're fucking there. What time of day did you get there? And and like, so what did you go do, late, dude? So late. It was get ready for this shit show. So we get to South Korea uh, three hours in the airport later. It's all of nine thirty at night. We're me and my friend Sarah are absolutely haggard, like exhausted. Our emotions are frayed. Our patience is absolutely run through. It's just it's a we're we're, we're done with it. We're over it. Just period. And our Airbnb is 45 minutes away. So we're not... Oh, God, I'd be so fucking mad. (laughs) It was, dude. The everyone... (laughs) The first five people we talked to there were like, just, you know, go get a a train ticket, go get a bus ticket. We're like, fuck you. We're not taking public transportation to get there. We're not. We just don't have the patience for it. Her bag is enormously heavy. I've got empty suitcases that I have with me because I want to pack shit into Japan. It's just not going to happen. So we go head out to... try and get to the taxi area i actually we get approached by a dude who speaks a little bit of english he's like taxi taxi and we're like yeah we're, we're going to the taxis we're going to the taxis he's like no 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 no. you come this way i get you taxi in Sketch. hindsight Sketch. in hindsight i a hundred percent should have told that guy to go fuck himself <laughs> that's how you end up on the human centipede bro <laughs> exactly but yep we, yep. did, we didn't think of it. So we walk with this guy to his associate. He he pawns us off to someone else who doesn't speak any English. And we walk with him into the parking garage. And it's right about this time that through the confusion of the, you know, being tired and having been on a plane for 14 hours and being away from home for a couple of days, I start to think, this is sketchy. This, this is a little <laughs> we sketchy. We just got here and I'm going to die. <laughs> and... I don't think to try and do anything about it until we're already in this fucker's car and going down the road. And he, thankfully, it offsets itself a little bit by him asking, he's like, oh, can you put, he hands us his phone, and he's like, can you put my, can you put your the address for where you're going in there? And I was like, okay, if he's going to axe murder us, this is, you know, he's really committing to the bit here of making it seem like he's a taxi. So I 
I chose to just have faith the whole time there, though. I swear to God, dude, I thought, <gasps> I'm going to die. I'm going to die. She's going to die. And no one's going to find our bodies. Bro, but- you typed the address. And he's like, conveniently, this is where I murder people. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's so easy. Now. It's, it's so convenient. But uh, he drops our asses off at like 1030 at night. And we the Airbnb is nowhere in sight. So we have to walk down the sidewalk for like two blocks, which are thankfully small blocks. So we finally find the spot, go in, drop our shit off, pass out. Next day, we, I omitted from the, I I forgot to mention, um, the airport lost one of my travel companions bags that had most of her shit in it. Oh man. So she's, sketching out, trying to figure out what she has, what she can use to actually get ready for the day. Doesn't have anything that she needs. Long story short, that lasts for like two days of her trying to figure out how to get it from the airport, get it delivered and stuff. So to answer your question, Luke, the first two days in South Korea fucking sucked. What's the time difference that you had to adjust to? 13 hours. And it was actually 14 hours before daylight savings time the other month. Holy so ahead. Fuck. Yes. I we were literally almost on the other side of the clock. And it's so sucked. far so far South Korea sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it <laughs> was terrible. The entirety of the time that we were waiting for her bag to show up, I basically we basically lived off of the 7-Eleven that was right around the corner and I was just catching up on work. So the first couple of days South Korea didn't do nothing. Her bag finally shows up. Now it's time to hit it. She can get cleaned up. She can take care of her own problems. So now it's like, okay, now we can actually do this properly. We immediately set off to explore the city. And holy crap, the the, the sheer amount of businesses, specifically restaurants, in the area of Korea we were staying at, because we were close to the capital of Seoul. We were in a prefecture of Seoul called Hongdae. And dude, just... I mean, I could have, if I stayed there for six months, I could have eaten in a different place every single night. Hell yeah. Without repeating twice. That's tight. It was crazy. The actual feel of the city was so calm and peaceful. Not as peaceful as Japan, but still definitely more peaceful than you get the feeling of being around in America. Like walking around at night specifically, whole different vibe. You just feel so safe walking around in South Korea at night. Cause you just, nobody, nobody even notices you there. And you're not if on they route do, three in Fredericksburg, ready to fucking kill yourself. <laughs> well, there, that is the one notable thing I will mention about South Korea is that while it is incredibly safe, there is one way that you can absolutely die in that country. And that is getting run over. <laughs> Holy shit. Do you South Korean motorists drive? Like they don't give a shit about you themselves or anyone else. So the stereotype <laughs> is true. Oh, dude! It's I. I feel like our bus almost crashed like five times just from me getting around. This motherfucker's like on his phone like this, and he's like, ah, ah, every couple fucking seconds. (laughs) It's just they drive so aggressively. Every single one of them, they stop right before they hit people. They will absolutely drive, like get half their wheels up on the sidewalk to go around somebody. Hell yeah! I feel like I'd be pretty good (laughs) you you would probably feel right at home if you're the kind of guy who slicks in traffic and is like all of you are expendable for me to get where i need to go yes and that's not even taking into account the mopeds dude oh my 
God, the way the mopeds drive around here, you're, you're literally not safe anywhere. You can stay off the main roads and just stay in like the back alleys and stuff where all the cool restaurant stuff are. Mm-hmm. If you hear that telltale sound of a little 50cc engine going, you find <laughs> you find a corner, you find a stoop, you, you get the hell off the road. <laughs> so <clears throat> did you see any accidents happen, happen at all? For two months to be in there with people driving like that? Did I ever see an accident? No. That's so Did wild. I hear almost nonstop ambulance sirens throughout <laughs> my different adventures in the city? Yes. Yeah, it was about a thousand people die an hour or so. <laughs> I don't know where the accidents were happening. They weren't close to me, but they were happening. So, so when, wild. When you guys uh, started off in South Korea, obviously, I assume, I forgot to ask this, you guys kind of did some research as to where you wanted to go yeah, or what was available. So, so I know this trip was to South Korea was kind of tailored to your travel partner, correct? Yes. Okay. So, so where did you guys start off at? Like, was there like common, I, I say nerdy shit being a nerdy person, but I'm just giving an umbrella. was there like nerdy shit to go do right off the bat or was it like exploring the arts or, the culture, like what what was like the start of your trip? Well, once she got her all of her stuff together and was able to actually like put herself together the way that you know women like to do when they're going out, especially on a travel, you know, make sure she always looked her best and stuff. Mm-hmm. We didn't really have that many shared um activities when anyone did. We like to explore together and we did food together. We definitely loved exploring restaurants, but she was more interested in going to experience the nightlife of South Korea, whereas I wanted to see what nerdy things the country had to offer. Trying to go Fuck duel yeah. this motherfucker in an alley, son. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so she had already made some friends online, and she had actually met more on the trip over on no the plane, shit. if you believe it. So she had no shortage of people that she could go hang out with that also wanted to do what she was doing, go to check out the clubs, go and check out some of the more touristy spots, mm-hmm. things like that. So we would reconvene to go explore restaurants. But other than that, she was off doing her own thing. And I got to go and see what the nerdy things I could find in Seoul. And they did not disappoint. The Hell yeah. I, I feel like I'd be following you for more. Yep. Of this yes. Trip. Yes. My boys. She's my like, boys. I'm, I'm yep. going to the club. Meanwhile, fucking Mike's in an alley rolling like a fucking 14 sided <laughs> die. Like triples motherfucker. You know it, dude. You know it. <laughs> so for for the nerd shopping in South Korea, you got all the all your classic hits, your video games, your anime figures, DVD shop, stuff like that. But the one big thing it had to offer for me that I absolutely went apeshit on was Korean trading cards. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the different languages of trading cards and printings of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! throughout the world. But Korean trading cards are absolutely, without a doubt, the most dirt cheap trading cards you'll ever find anywhere in the world. Now, how so are th- rare are they to us over here, though? Because I know that sometimes the value of a Japanese version or an Asian version of a card can be 10 times what it's worth here. Normally, o- almost exclusively, you'll see a devaluation in Korean cards from over here just because there's no real shortage of them. Whereas gotcha. the reason you'll see 
more expensive Japanese trading cards is so because it's like a different practice of how they do trading cards over there. And I'll get into that when we get to yeah. the Japan section, but they do trading cards totally different in Japan. So the market's like a little like oversaturated, essentially. Of course, in, of course. It, it's, it has to do completely with price of box. Your your average booster box that you get here for Yu-Gi-Oh! is just between $16.80, and for Pokemon, it's going to run you about $110 to $140. Mm-hmm. In Korea, most Yu-Gi-Oh booster boxes are between ten and fifteen dollars, and most Pokemon damn. boxes are between twenty and thirty-five dollars. Oh my god, bro! Bro, I spent ten grand on that shit. Yeah, I just, dude, <laughs> I like, man, I should have. I didn't want to bother you at all. I should have just been like, bro, just pick me up a box. Just give me a box. Well, I got that's, extras. That's what are you looking for? <laughs> I, dude, I don't collect shit, but like. <laughs> I don't, I, I, dude, I collect fucking, uh, old model shotguns and dead animals. Call of Duty and dead animals. <laughs> like, dude, I, I just like, I haven't opened a pack of Pokemon cards in so long that like the thought process of us getting ready to talk about this. I'm just like, I just want to crack it open and smell it. You want to hear you know what I'm saying? Fucked up real quick. So I feel the same way you do. And my daughter, uh, gets these things called blind bags now, right? Right. So, yeah, so they're the Disney Dorables. I don't know if you have yeah, seen I know this shit going around. Yeah. So she pulled, <laughs> she pulled like an ultra rare Buzz Lightyear, right? So I took that bitch and stuck it in my pocket in case that thing ends up being worth money, bro. And I got it. I'm not lying. I You're a piece of shit. I got it right here. <laughs> You're a fucking piece of shit. Look, look, look. She so then I got her this other one, and she started opening it. It was action figures in tiny little cardboard boxes. So she pulled a really rare one, and it was fucking Zerg. Oh shit! What? And it's got the little action figure in there, dude. Dude, that's so sick. So, So I see her pull this, and then she pulls a Woody and some other ones, and she starts ripping the fucking cardboard off these things to get to the action figure. And I'm like, I'm just gonna put that one in my pocket. Hey, let me help you with this one that you'll never see until you're like 18. You're going to college, baby. (laughs) Parents can feel any way they want about that. I wish I had someone like Kyle making sure that I didn't fuck up my collectibles when I was a kid. Same, bro. Fucking same. Dude, all the holographic cards I had, they got fucking like pizza yep. sauce or yep. fucking soda spilt on them. Yep. So and so this is what I time. so this is what I want, Mike. I want you and I'll pay you whatever you want. I just want like one little pack of cards to open of Pokemon if you have them. I'll pay Dude, you for them. D- d- you, don't even you, worry about it, man. No, no, I'll send it. I just I just wanna I just wanna crack it open and smell it. <laughs> <laughs> you, bro, you got it. Don't even worry. I'm pretty sure that the, all the packs I have, I think the most expensive Korean Pokemon card pack I have is worth like a buck seventy five. No shit. Yeah. So uh, that's probably I, overestimating. I just have wow. this. I've said it twice, but I, all I have is this fucking like visual of you rolling dice for shit. <laughs> so it's like, it was like a buck seventy five, and I rolled for the over or the under. <laughs> I took that D20 and I said, if I get a natural 20, you give me this motherfucker for free. Mine, bitches. Roll them dice. Oh, man. Okay, bet. I'm going to send you my address and I'm going to open it for the podcast. I'm going to wait. Oh, that'll be dope. I'm going to wait till the next episode after I get them and I'm going to open them. We're going to talk about them and I'm going to post them and be like, suck it. I love it. 
I love it. I'm gonna send you that good good then. Fuck yes. But all uh, right. So tell us more. So you so you went and ape shit on the cards. And yeah. You said Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon. Are yes. you are you a Magic the Gathering kind of dude or? No. Okay. And I I have no interest in the game itself, but I do have to admit that the art of Magic cards definitely intrigues me. Especially oh yeah. Like it's a big stuff. thing up where I live. Uh, uh, above Front Royal, like kind of like a Ma- Massaponics Fredericksburg type difference. Right. Is called Winchester, and they have a bunch of like card shops and like tabletop places they play. And yeah, a lot of people are into magic up here. I've seen them do that shit at Sage before. They do. Like they I'll, have a they it, have yeah. a magic tournament there, and a lot of my friends play magic too. I definitely respect it for what it is. It's just never. I was always a Yu Gi Oh guy, and who doesn't love Pokemon? So yep. magic, of course, was the, you know going to be the obvious odd man out. But right. even if I was into it, they didn't. The store I was at didn't have any magic. No shit. No, I figured was, that would surprising. be. It's like I think Post Malone or someone bought an eight hundred thousand dollar. Dude, the rarity of Magic the Gathering uh, cards is card. fucking insane. So I figured, like, did they, not to skip ahead, but did they have any in Japan that you saw? Yes. Yeah, okay. they had they had more Magic there for sure. And it's not that they didn't have any Magic in Korea, period. It's mm-hmm. just that all the Magic shops were kind of just Magic shops. Got so you. they kind of, you know, exited off of my list because I'm not a Magic guy. That makes sense. That makes but sense. But it's... uh. That card shop specifically ended up being kind of like the hub of my journeys in Korea. Like by the last go, week, they're like, "Bye!" Legitimately, <laughs> no, no, legitimately. That's sick, dude. The first time I went in there, it was super awkward and everything, and I bought a couple boxes and you know, it, shoulders down. I just made my way out, and left. The second time I came back, there was a there was a guy in there. His name is Yong Sok. And okay. he came up to me and he was like, hey, man, I want to let you know that uh, and he, in English, like this okay. guy spoke really good English. He came up to me, he's like, I want to let you know that like everyone here has been talking about you being here since the last time you were here. No fucking way, curious. dude. Yeah, dude. Dude, that's so sick. So, so you, I, I don't know how to ask this without sounding like a fucking piece of shit. But like, so you were the only white English person. In the store, right? A hundred percent. Okay, okay. I'm not trying to be a dick, but I'm like, why are they curious? Like, do white people not really go in there? Or yep. Okay, okay. They, Keep going, dude. This is so me, fucking. So it's sick. not a tourist hotspot. Definitely dude, this not. I, dude, I'm loving it. He was telling me the last foreigner to come in, and it was like four months before. Okay. And okay. they came I mean, in and dropped an absolute fucking dime on the place, and just walked out with crates of cards. So they're like, hey, we got. Because that trip, that second trip I did, that's exactly what I did. I right. went in there and I was like, here's 500 American dollars. Let's see what I can do with this. Fuck and yes. It wasn't dude. actually in USD. I had done the conversion on my head. So I had it in yuan, which, by the way, you think the yen sounds like it's worthless compared to the dollar? Holy shit, dude. There's a thousand yuan to a USD. Well, like I saw pictures. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of your pictures was gold plated. Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yes. And it said 13,000 on there. That's the one I wanted to ask about. So, yeah. I'm sorry, Kyle. No, no, um, no, you're good. <laughs> so, uh, this is what you get for trying to cut in front of me. I'm going to take all your questions. So, I saw 13,000 on there and I was like, I know for a fact it's not 13,000 US. There's like no way. So, yeah. I was wondering about that, but like 
Or did you get it? Or no, I didn't buy <laughs> it because even when you do the conversion, that was still you know well over thirteen thousand one thousand three hundred. Yeah, it was about it was well over a hundred dollars. So I had already bought so much shit at that one specific store right. that I just. I don't know if it was the lack of space that I had at that point for shipping shit home or just the fact that I had gotten spenders like fatigue, but yeah. I didn't pick it up. I wish I knew what spenders fatigue was. I'm a so did you, <clears throat> you said shipping. Did you have to ship your shit home or you said you brought empty bags to put it all in? It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. I did end up having to ship home. Fuck. No Good for shit. you, bro. Good for you. So. So where did it lead to? Like, did they, were they like, did they want to sit down and talk to you? Did you like, oh, yeah. chat about nerdy shit? They Absolutely, show you the back man. room? No, 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 not the owners. The owners were this, actually the owners of the store were like these like 60 year old man and wife. That's Neither nice. one of them spoke an absolute lick of English. The, the lady was super nice, all smiles and like wanted to help me with everything. The man was kind of a dickhead, but she was super nice. It was all of the customers that were really into me. Ah. And they were, they were curious after the first setting. By the second setting, and you know, I went in there and absolutely balled out. They had made up their minds. So like, we gotta, we gotta talk to this guy. Fuck so yeah. I stayed the second time and talked with my new friend Young for a while, and left the third time. I came in. It was pandemonium. Everyone was like, "Dude, get your boxes and come over here. You know, let's open packs together and hang out." God. And talk. Damn it, Mike. That's good for you, dude. It was so To dope, find dude. that fucking 12 hours clockwise away from fucking home. Or 16, whichever one you said. Seven and a half thousand miles away. Dude, that's good. Dude, I'm so happy for you. That That's fucking unheard of, man. Like a I, famous I, person. Like the, I, the, I, really I can't imagine out. the fucking pure joy yeah. that you felt when they like were like, yo, come fucking hang. Oh, that, dude, it was next God, level. I, was I feel game. like I would have cried. I'm a sappy piece of shit. Like, <laughs> that is so fucking cool, man. My emotions were definitely elated, man. And that's kind of why it, no matter what I was doing throughout the rest of my time in South Korea, it was like, oh, let's go explore the shopping in the city a little bit. Okay. And then when I'm done, hit the Yu-Gi-Oh shop on the way home. Later, I want to go try McDonald's in Korea. And the closest one is fucking forever away. Okay. Let's go out there, hit it. That was nice. Okay. I'm going to hit the Yu-Gi-Oh shop on the way home. And it just, everything I did centered around going there, hanging out with the boys and everything. God damn it. I actually lucked out even harder than the story shows so far because uh, one of the guys who was at the Yu-Gi-Oh shop was a student in Japan who was home visiting family for a break. And he went back to Japan a week before I did, and then we linked up in Japan and went shopping. Fuck yeah. You can't make this shit up, bro. (laughs) So so how was his English? Even better than the first guys. Even better than Young's. His name was fucking beat it, bro. Dude, he was great. He him and I, I think the last time we hooked up was the the it was the last time he could be in before he had to leave to go back to Japan. The new Korean set had just dropped. It was brand spanking new. 25th anniversary collection. I went in, balled out, bought 15 boxes, and him, me, and the homies just opened them all together. Dude, the feeling that had to be. It was like, it, it it was was like you're level. sitting around with like fucking Eric and uh, I can't remember everybody's name, but it's like you're sitting around at home with the boys you went to school with. Opening Honestly, fucking packs. 
it felt that way, man. It was really neat. And the everyone was coming up either wanting to chat or wanted to there was one guy who just wanted to try his English out on me. He was That's like, cool. Do you know Power Rangers? And I was like, <laughs> Fuck yeah, I know Power Rangers. That's so cool. <laughs> oh Fuck shit. Yes. It was so good, dude. And that was I mean, that I I could lean more into like how the food was good in Korea. And it mm. was, it was, there was a lot of good stuff to eat there. Um, not really. I wasn't a fan of Korean, Korean food, except for Korean barbecue. Of course it was great, but I was amazed by the different kinds of food you can get there. Italian, uh, American Southwest style, all this other stuff. I could lean into the shopping. I could lean more into the food. I can eat everything. But for me, the trip to Korea was ended up being about the shop, and all the dudes I met there. And that will be what I remember about that. Trip. Dude, I mean, Fuck, it, yeah. it's no bullshit. It's like a movie. It's like, oh, you yeah. get sent away to go with your fucking grandparents or family member <laughs> for this amount of time. And then you end up being a fucking legend at this shop. I mean, they write stories about shit like this, dude. Fuck yeah. So I love telling them about the price difference between Yu-Gi-Oh! here and at home. They could, they almost didn't believe me in the beginning. Really? They, yeah, it precipitated. I was talking to An. Uh, a couple days before he had to leave. And I was like, dude, you know, he, he was com- commenting on how many boxes I had bought up to that point. Cause right. I bought like 80 boxes of cards to bring home. Sick. And they were like, Holy dude, shit. you know, we, we could probably find a couple places around here where they're a little bit cheaper. If there was anything else you wanted to buy. And I was like, no guys, don't even worry about it. You don't understand these boxes, 10, $15. Yep. This is an eighth or ninth of what it costs to get the shit back home. They're like, you're fucking with us. And I, I pulled it up and showed them that boxes go for like 80, 90 bucks. And they're like, what the fuck? How do you guys <laughs> even buy anything? And I was like, money, dude. <laughs> so so uh, out of your whole South Korea trip, whether it was at the shop or... And what was the shop called? I don't know. It was in full Korean. I never translated it. <laughs> All the time. I'm going uh I just here. called it the Yu-Gi-Oh shop. It was uh, the name, even on Google Maps, the name was in full Korean scripts and I never I never put it through the translator. That's funny as shit. So, yeah. so whether there or at a different shop, what was your number one thing you bought? What was the coolest thing that you ended up getting while you were there? The coolest thing that I picked up in, <laughs> the coolest thing I got there was definitely, actually, I can show you. You see this oh, right here? Tight. Yeah. This I'll put them side by side. This is a set, okay, in Korean Yu-Gi-Oh printed. It's called the Legendary Duelist Yu-Gi. You got one for uh, Yami Yu-Gi and one for Yu-Gi Moto. And this printing was basically made as a an homage to longtime fans of the show and of okay. the game. All the greatest hits got printed in this set. Your Dark Magician, Dark Magician Girl, Blue Eyes, White Dragon, Red Eyes, White, Black Dragon, Summon Skull, Celtic Guardian, all these cards that were there since the beginning. And they oh, got like the printed. OG shit. Exactly. And it was out of print and inaccessible to us in the States. Could not get really? a box of this for less than a hundred bucks here before I left. So when I got to South Korea and I finally got to the Yu-Gi-Oh shop for the first time, I was like, okay, I might look out and find a couple boxes of this. Maybe. Probably not. I'm not going to get my hopes up. I showed the lady what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And she pulled back a curtain on a bookcase they had there. And it was just fucking dozens of them. Dozens of these boxes. And I bought every single one of them. Did you? 
Fuck so, yeah! <laughs> did you buy anything with the intentions of coming back to sell it? Yes, but in kind of a roundabout way. The biggest reason that I bought all of those boxes is because I have a... I mentioned them earlier. I have a client that I met through Gauntlet that mm -hmm. I kind yeah. of still work with more on a hobby basis than an actual contractual basis that was a trading card client. And he sells specifically Korean Yu-Gi-Oh! So he's the one who actually got me into my love of the Korean cards, how cheap they are, but still, you know, just as cool and just as pretty. Right. right. And I hit him up with a picture showing him that like the 50 boxes of this shit I bought. And he's like, how much are you in for? And he's like, as many as you'll give me. So now I just at, at this point, I'm opening up whatever boxes I want to pull as much as I want. And then when I get tired of it, I just bring them home and sell the rest to him. That's Fuck. so fucking tight. You're just sitting there near a BB. <laughs> literally just fucking exactly cracking that. packs open dude there were that's these, tight these shitty little uh i don't know if you guys play any card games but the, there's these shitty little deck boxes you can get mm -hmm. that are made of like cheap plastic and they're basically yeah. just there to make sure you don't hurt your cards i filled four of those things up with all the hits from there before i was that's finally sick. done that's and tight. now i'm like so you know what i'll just sell the rest <laughs> were they were the packs up to your expectation okay that's sick. Remo, literally the best set I have ever opened. That's so tight, dude. The so feeling yeah, of being down. on vacation, fucking going and finally getting the release of getting to do what you want to do, and it turns out to be as good as it was, or you, as you thought. Yep. So uh, before before I get into a few more questions, uh, Kyle, do you have anything before I continue? No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Anyway, you got to tell me about like. Americanized food there. So yeah, was, I was gonna the ask food about the McDonald's? <laughs> so yeah. So like the food we have at home. Mm -hmm. So was there a Taco Bell there? No. Go. Oh, I'm out. I'm definitely yeah. not going. Fuck that. <laughs> Sorry. But there <laughs> we're were out. there were Mexican restaurants there. That's so. Did you go to one? Yes. Yes, and? I went to two Mexican restaurants while I was in South Korea. One of them, absolute blue booty cheeks. And the other one was ridiculously good. So and was it, all, the, was it this... lived and died on the spice, the not the, uh... not the heat, but just truly the spicing of the food, the flavoring right. of the food. The first place I went to, I, I don't I don't even know if they salt and peppered my food. To be honest, with you. <laughs> if you, I don't know if you ever had a flavorless burrito before. Yeah, but it's a heartbreaking experience. <laughs> Y'all got white people back here. <laughs> Honestly, dude, I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? You, you come from the lands that created kimchi, and you're gonna not spice my shit? What is wrong did, with you?" Did, side note: Did you eat kimchi while you were there? Do you I like did. kimchi? No, I do not, and I still okay. Don't. Now that I've hey. had authentic stuff, I can actually say I don't like it. Hold on. Oh, yeah, that matters. Come here. Show Mike your shirt. This is Gabby. Gabby Let's this is go! Oh, that is he, a good shirt. Yeah. So it's an anime shirt. I don't know what the fuck it is. I love it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. The show that I like. So we're talking uh, to note, sorry, side note, but we're talking to him about all this cool stuff. So he's going to send me a pack of Poke Korean Pokemon cards. She She has a whole Pokemon collection and shit, too. So... Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be opening them together on the. Well, show. now I know where those cards are going to end up. Oh yeah, with her, I just want to <laughs> open them and smell them, unless something cool comes out. Heck yeah! All right, get out of here. So, Hi. If, <laughs> do you have any Mexican restaurants back here that you could compare the one that you said was really good to? Oh yeah, definitely. There's a. Uh, I don't have any chains that I could compare it to, 
Uh, well, actually, no. This I think this is a chain. There's a Mexican restaurant up in the courthouse area now, the Spotsy Courthouse area, in that development they're doing out there. I know it's probably been a while since you've been here, Luke. Actually, oh, yeah. I'm way out. Um, the yeah. one where they always have the food truck festival? Yes. Okay, okay so that's all up... the apartments and stuff. Yeah. yeah it's all yeah. brick, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's yeah. Got, like, okay. I know what you're talking about. store down at the bottom of it. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, the same and area. Brian's okay. took me to a really good Italian restaurant there. Eat Eat of Yeah. Yes. That place fucking rules. Okay. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. There is an El Patron in there. And okay. it is, I actually don't know if El Patron is a chain or not, but it's, I've definitely seen more than one before. But regardless. Yeah ridiculously good food. They know how to make the queso taste just right. Everything comes out with full flavor. You know, always get the pork because the pork is the most flavorful. You know how it is. And that's exactly what it was like. It tasted like I was back in El Patron. And the, and the beans were good? Oh, the beans were good. The beans and rice are almost my favorite part. If yes, they're not dude. good, I, I just fucking, I'm going to go kill myself. Sometimes <laughs> was, there's peas and carrots in my fucking Mexican rice and I'm like, white <laughs> people, I'm out. I hate Bye. it. Bye. <laughs> no. The first and the biggest difference I can explain between the first place I went to and the second place is that the first place tried to serve me saffron rice with my mm. with my Mexican food. The second yep. place served authentic Mexican rice. Yep. Yep. That's how you know. Dude, we've got a buddy named uh on a side note, we got a buddy named Mario and he's from El Salvador. And I'm Ooh. talking like you you could tell homeboys yeah. from El Salvador. He's his English is good, but it's a little broken. Sure. Sweetest kid ever. And I force him to bring me the leftovers that his mom cooks. And he like he'll every once in a while he'll drop off Mexican candy in my mailbox so I can eat it. <laughs> what a guy. So I fucking I love it. But so so what else was like Americanized that like made you like, oh, this kind of tastes the same as home? Like let's go let's start with the McDonald's. What was that like? It was dude, it was trash. Oh, Isn't no! the food over there different in their McDonald's though? Yes, the yes, menu is different, different, right? It is. It is much like it's actually very similar to how it is in Japan, where they like to do heavy sauce on a lot of stuff, like dripping, hmm. drenchy sauce, and they also uh, like to put eggs, eggs on a lot of shit. See, you would be, but the sauce doesn't fit. <laughs> Everything in. This it's the, just so funny mayo on my french fries. This. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> like they, they put teriyaki on the burger, but they make the teriyaki sweeter than any teriyaki you've ever had before, and it completely throws off what you're expecting to taste the cheeseburger to be. And really, that's my critique of food in South Korea. Fucking period. Everything <laughs> in that whole country is too damn sweet. No shit. Everything See, I would think it was too spicy. Nope. I mean. There are some places you can go where there is an issue of spice and spice translation. Like, oh, you know, this is how we eat it here. And it'll like absolutely murder your ass. But <laughs> no, the big problem is stuff's too sweet. Your burgers are sweet. Your sandwiches are sweet. Your meat is sweet. Oh, I'm it's out. Not, I'm so fucking out. It's not <laughs> good, so dude. And it, I was well and truly sick of it by the time I was done with it, man. I was. I guarantee it. So I'll have more questions about food in Japan. Obviously, so Dude, Japan has a broader, broader reach for me. But honestly, my favorite meals that I had in Korea were in Japanese restaurants, specifically okay. the pork cutlet restaurants, tonkatsu. Uh, oh, uh, did you now? Did you post? Because uh, I, you know, I can't keep up with everything because I can't be on social media all the time. Sure. But did you post pictures of this food at all? 
Yes. Okay. Yes, okay. I'm gonna go back and look through it. Look at Kyle. Oh, oh. Go look it's, at this motherfucker. It's I'm a looking little... for the Big Mac that's drenched in Big Mac sauce. Oh, dude. <laughs> Did I they didn't... have Big Mac sauce? The yes. Yes. Okay, well, I mean, that's positive. And they did better with Big Macs in Japan than they did in Korea. But honestly, the only thing worthwhile in Asian McDonald's, in my opinion, is the breakfast. Go get okay. yourself the big breakfast. It still hits. So, still this, hits. yeah, I remember you said you had 7-Eleven by your spot. Yeah. Which is dude. fucking wild to me. So, like, uh, but I do see, like, TikToks and shit from that. So, was it like the TikToks? Could you go get like weird crazy shit yeah yeah you i mean it was the big thing that was astounding about con- convenience food in general and 7-eleven specifically was mm-hmm. the sheer amount of prepared food that you could get there was a huge rice ball selection a huge yo rice selection. balls are so fucking good they are dude honestly that was maybe my favorite out of everything i ate when korea and japan the thing that i ate consistently more than anything was rice balls. That's tight. That's tight as fuck. So, so good, man. But yeah, so I'm just, there's so trying much to shit. Right. Fried chicken you could get right there and it was banging. Absolutely. Banging. And I'm sure they had like a shit ton of candies. Oh yeah. So is there is there like a candy that you favored or anything or are you not a candy person? Oh no, I'm definitely a candy person. Okay, and tight. <laughs> I tried a lot of their a lot of their uh sweets and stuff and Right. The the running theme with it is not as sweet as we get here, but you know, flavors can be exciting and yeah. stuff like that. They prefer their cakes to be very flaky and not, you know, dense in any way. Oh, um, okay. but at the end of the day with candy, it was all Oh, that was cool. You know, I liked that flavor, but I'd never really tried anything more than once. And when right. I needed a consistent candy experience, man, I just I grabbed the Snickers bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like sodas and shit. I'm sorry. I really detail this shit because I'm sure. trying to think of like what I would go after if I'm there. So like sodas are the same, different. Like, could you even tell on the fucking label if it was close to what you were looking at? Sure, sure. A lot like the candy, you had a small selection of stuff that you recognized and then everything mm-hmm. else was just wild cards. Right. With candy, you had Snickers and Kit Kats and Whoppers. With sodas, you had Coke and Pepsi. Okay. Everything else was authentic Asian brands. There were, I can't even begin to describe to you how many different kinds of soda there are, man. They really like their sparkling water over there. A right. lot of their sodas are just unflavored, so they're basically just carbonated water. Huh. Uh, they also really love their energy drinks over there, which I don't know if you've ever heard of Calpis before. No. Yeah, it's spelled C-A-L-P-I-S. <laughs> but it's, you, you tried it, right? Yes, it's essentially okay. Asian Gatorade. It tastes like uh, glacial ice Gatorade. No shit. Yeah, that's sick. And, that's fucking uh, tight. Yeah, dude, it was it was fantastic. It was it was a great just roulette on trying to show. Okay, I wonder how this is gonna taste. I wonder how this is gonna taste. And right. you could play the same game with the alcohols there because I mean they sell that shit. In That's any sick. convenience store. If you want so, a convenient experience there, you could try something new or just right. grab the Jack Daniels bottle off the, sh- off the shelf. Right. So did you, I know you sang karaoke, but I think that was in Japan. Yes. And so did you go to any like bars or dive bars or anything in South Korea? I went to one bar while I was in South Korea. And the okay. only reason that I had the nerve to go into it is because it was empty. 
and it had gotcha. been consistently empty for a while. That's why I wanted to go check it out because I wanted to talk to the lady. Unfortunately, she didn't really speak any English, so our conversation was pretty limited. But right. I got several nice cocktails while I was there. It was a bar called the Four Chairs. And okay. it was called that because the bar only had four chairs in the entire establishment. No it was shit. literally the size of is probably about the size of my room that I'm in right now. The entire right. establishment. And that's something that you see it all over Japan, but I was astounded by how much I saw in Hongdae is all these little micro businesses, restaurants that can only hold 10 people, bars that can only hold five people. That's tight. And these places would get, I wanted to go into so many of them so bad, but they were always so packed with lively locals that I just like, man, I'm going to go in here and completely ruin the atmosphere. I'm just not going to do that. Them but, motherfuckers would have known you were fucking Mike from the Yu-Gi-Oh card <laughs> shop, bro. They would have known. And this is well, I'll talk about this more when we get into the Japan side of the trip. Mm-hmm. Homies from the Yu-Gi-Oh shop came in clutch and took me out while I was in Japan to Fuck have that experience. Yes, dude. And that's where that's you saw tight. those karaoke videos. That was 5 a.m. at the end of our all-night drinking nights in Japan. Fuck yes. All right. So I'm done with South Korea. Hold on, I don't. I got I don't, one more. Okay, how are the arcades in South Korea? Oh, okay. Uh, Is there any exclusively? Well, I won't say exclusively. It's like an eighty twenty split between claw games and actual arcade games. And this is actually not just South Korea. This is Japan too. Asia in general, when it comes to arcades, it's all redemption shit, winning prizes. Hmm. There are some arcade games, but a lot of them are based on trading card games, specifically Gundam. There's a right. ton of Gundam diver or build diver arcade games where you, you can't play the game unless you have the corresponding trading cards that you can put on the receiver that will load That's up your characters. Wild. That's so kind of badass, those, though. Sure, unless you don't have the cards. <laughs> yeah, for you, it sucks, but the, us hearing about it is pretty cool. <laughs> exactly. So the, did they have, like, Yu-Gi-Oh cards? versions of that no no oh, that just for tight. mike would have been like which one do you want bitch <laughs> <laughs> that would have been perfect for me yeah but, uh it mostly focused on uh gundam a few other anime shows and then uh there was a one for anime girls I really wasn't sure what that franchise was but the other side of it was if you wanted to play a game you had to get into a rhythm game and there were mm. a lot of rhythm games there really it was exclusively almost either those trading card games Receiver games or rhythm games, and there's I saw a lot dance, of the, dance revolution. The rhythm oh, games that you were posting, like the oh, drum yeah. games. That that was the one game I was dying to play <laughs> when I got to Asia, and it was as much fun as I thought it would be. I played that thing for two, three hours. I was drenched <laughs> in sweat by the time I was done. Hell yes! It's so dude just beating on that drum with the sticks to all of my favorite anime songs. It couldn't ask better than that. Just fucking <laughs> in there by himself. <laughs> hey. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a jam, dude. But unless you've got a specific game that's popular in Asia that you like to play, the majority of your experience in arcades in Asia is going to be trying to win an anime figure or a box of donuts out of a claw machine. Oh my god, you have piqued my interest. <laughs> oh, dude, some of the places I went to, like half of the claw machines were just food. That's fucking tight. There was a box that was about. I'd say it was probably about six feet long that was full of pizza chips. Just a huge tube 
of pizza chips that you could win in this giant claw machine, dude. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, back in to South Korea. There we <laughs> We're go. going back. <laughs> we brought him back. We won him back over. So is there anything else that we haven't asked or that we're missing that we need to know about your South Korea trip? Uh, the only other thing I have to add is that while South Korea definitely showed me that it is very welcoming in the sense of trying to integrate into the nerd hobbies and stuff, definitely mm-hmm. my experience there, my friend did not have quite the same reception with what she was trying to do. Unfortunately, she experienced that there is a lot of discrimination when it comes to foreigners trying to get into the nightlife in Korea. And she dealt on numerous occasions being turned away from establishments for just being foreign. So I would definitely say that if you are trying to cash in on the hype of, you know, going to live your best party life in South Korea right now as a, you know, an American, especially a white American, I would say prepare yourself for a little bit of heartbreak and rejection because as a homogenous country, Korea, much like other Asian countries, tend to get a little racist when it comes to letting people into their, you know, more rowdy places. And you just got to be ready for that because they're allowed to get away with that because they're such a homogenous country. Nobody calls them out on it. Nobody thinks to call them out on it because it's such a deep ingrained culture that they're, they literally are one of the few cultures left that still get that. That's just the way they are past. Mm -hmm. Ah. So what, what's the hype? What, this will be the last thing I asked on South Korea. What's, what's the hype in the nightlife? Is it like wild or? Oh dude. Yeah. Seoul is like parts of Seoul. Like Gangnam and uh, wow, there's another fucking place. It's it's close. It's very close to Gangnam. Um, it's like nonstop Miami life there. Like literally all oh, night parties shit. all day. And because of how big K-pop is getting, they're just mm-hmm. funneling millions and tens of millions of dollars into basically the party industry of South Korea. As long as it revolves around music, they're just they're funneling everything they can into it because. K-pop has become like 20% of South Korean's GDP. Dude, I mean, that huge. one band, um, BTS, yeah. accounts for 5% of the country's <laughs> entire GDP by themselves. Holy That's fucking shit. insane. So Damn. yeah, they're definitely leaning into it. And it's helping to promote the growth of the tourism industry there, which up until a few years ago was almost non-existent. You're right. definitely seeing it trying kind of fast-tracked to getting there and being more accessible for locals with all the English and different translations you see on stuff. But mm-hmm. you just be ready to roll with the punches because you have to be okay with being told you can't come in here because you're different. And if that, you know, is too much for you to handle, then I would recommend. Don't How much would you say that they don't like Americans? Is that like a half and half thing or. In my experience, I definitely didn't feel well, you had a yeah you had a much better experience <laughs> but i've heard from others i have a friend who was in the navy um about a decade ago and his experience coming to south korea for a uh you know for a while he was stationed there was he had somebody walk up to him big smile on his face you know seemed like a super cheery person hand him a pamphlet that when he opened it up was like we would be better off if you were dead than standing on our shores right now <laughs> So I 
that was 10 years ago. Right. So I don't know if that's still the same. That's really the only experience I have been told about that I can draw on to be like, this is not an American friendly place because everything else I've experienced, everything I experienced personally, even not just, you know, the super welcoming nerd culture, but just going to restaurants or like I went to a dog cafe and nobody seemed to really bat an eye that I that was shit looked fun, dude. dude it was <laughs> So many fluffy dogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god they were great well, but yeah i would say that don't be afraid to go because you're not really going to face that that much just be ready to have for it to happen if you do for anyone who's I'm watching sure that's anywhere and is interested yeah, yeah yeah for sure for sure i'm gonna tell him i know mike from the Yu-Gi-Oh card, <laughs> the shop, Yu-Gi-Oh card shop it'll be Shit, cool. let him in Dude, yeah. oh come on in you'll get vip fuck yeah so all right let's go to japan so you left you still were you in south korea for a whole month yep and then you straight went to Japan. How long of a trip is that? Hour. They said that it okay. was going to be just shy of two hours, but it really felt like an hour and 10 minutes. Right. I don't know if we caught a headwind or what, but it was just, we went up, we cruised for about 20 minutes, and then we started our descent. That's tight. Yeah, it was so, real quick. I wish the airport was that quick, because right. holy shit. Yeah, I guarantee it. The, Customs uh, took forever. Fuck that! I mm, really I to go patience. an hour away. <laughs> Everybody because... who's not traveling domestically has to go through the same customs. Oh, yep. okay. So I I saw the the view from your Airbnb, and it was like your classic anime view for me. Legitimately, I, I felt like, this like is I was perfect. I, I I was walking around, and I was like, I've seen this town in a show before. <laughs> exactly, dude. So. Uh, and now did your travel companion split off back home mm-hmm. and yep, then she you went just home. went to Japan by yourself for two weeks? Yes, sir. So what, what was those first two weeks like? How were you more excited to get there? And like, was it like a sigh of relief? Like, dude, I finally fucking made it. Yep. Dude, that's that, that feeling had to be insane. It was man. It was, it was a slow burn that, I felt it instantly, like the second the taxi dropped me off, because once again, getting out of the airport, I was much like the South Korea trip. I was haggard. I was emotionally drained. I was my patience was gone. I was I was dehydrated. Shit was rough, bro. But thankfully, (laughs) I ain't had water in two whole hours. Well, dude, I mean, (laughs) I was. I normally try not to drink very much before I get on a plane because, as a bigger dude, airplane bathrooms and me are not friends. Fuck yeah. But uh, I, I guess I just took it a bridge too far this time, and I was very fucked by the time I got out of the airport. But mm-hmm. the the experience to get to my Airbnb could not have been more different. I immediately walked out from baggage claim to like a line of taxis, all of these people standing outside of their taxi with like hands in front of them, very professional driving gloves and shit, like super professional looking people like bowed <laughs> to me when I came in, and I was like, uh, Funabashi, and this one little lady was like, "Hi." What and is I, what is Funabashi? Funabashi is a town in the prefecture of Chiba, which Chiba okay. is a territory that connects to the city of Tokyo. Basically, ah. for us, it would be like Richmond, and then like Chester. Okay. So it's like right there. It's more suburban, no city, and that's Funabashi and Chiba in general is just fucking houses dude 
Mm-hmm. There's not very many businesses out there and it's just so chill and so quiet. So they, she drove me there super nice, relaxing. She had a bottle of water in the taxi. Oh my God. I annihilated that thing. <laughs> it was gone. It was absolutely gone. <laughs> and then I got there and just passed out. But then right. the next day I woke up and that's when it started. I was like, Holy shit. I'm in Japan. And the first two days I just explored, explored locally, did not take right. a train, did not go anywhere on a taxi, just stayed local, went to ramen shops, checked out the neighborhoods. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I, uh, hey, not to interrupt you guys, my boss is calling, but you guys keep going. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. We're going to cut that out. Okay. So let's, let's pause right there. We got to talk about the ramen. I, I'm Are not, you ready? Because, okay. So here's, here's one thing that I've, I've seen and I need to know if you saw it. So I saw online these fucking bamboo shoots of noodles and cold water just like flying by and you just grab some and roll them around and then you have all this different stuff to do with them. Did you see any of that? I didn't see any of that, no. Fuck. I don't no, I, did, I didn't go to any spot like that. I went to okay. just like one bowl ramen shops. Like they, okay. you go in, you put, there was the first place I went to worked on a vending machine style, style where you go in and it's just the titles on all these little buttons. And I had to use the Google translate to see what I wanted. And I got this huge, just ignorantly large bowl of pork ramen. But yes. I spent the next 20 minutes just annihilating, dude. Right. I think I, I think the uh, I think it made the uh, the cook happy because I literally did not leave a drop of broth in that bowl. That's fucking awesome, dude. It was so good, man. And there were plenty of great restaurants like that very close to where I was at. Right. Which was great. Which was I, I loved Funabashi. If I go back to Japan, I will hundred percent go back to Funabashi. But it didn't. I didn't get that that height of the feeling that we were talking about that. Mm -hmm. Oh shit. I made it until the third day when I finally got up to the station, Mm -hmm. got myself a travel card, hopped on a train and went to Akihabara. Akihabara? Akihabara. Okay. What's that? It is the nerd Mecca. Okay. The world. Right. It is an entire town dedicated to video games and anime and just all the collectibles that you could possibly imagine an entire town for that dude that is so i'm excited go continue Continue. so akihabara translation electric town was a place that got popular after the war because it was a place you can go to find like black market radios and and televisions when that became popular and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And it just snowballed. It never stopped being the focus for that, but it always kept its finger on the pulse of what was popular for that. So when the video game boom finally happened in the late seventies, early eighties, that kind of took over the town and it never stopped. It became the video game capital of Japan, which was a country already saturated in video game and collectibles and stuff like that. And then when anime gained prominence internationally, it's rolled with that too. And now it is just one giant town full of everything you could ever want to put on a fucking shelf. That's so fucking tight, dude. And that's when it hit me. I was standing there looking around at all of these giant billboards, these 10 story buildings where every single floor was full of more collectibles than I had ever seen in my life. That's when I was like, 
holy shit, I made it. And the crazy part of this whole scenario for me is like, you're by yourself, just like cruising through Japan. Yeah, man. Going to see what I want when I want. Fuck yes, dude. So, so what was the first thing you purchased there? Aside from food, but like first. Actually, I can show you that too. The very first thing I picked up while I was in Japan. Where are you at? There you are. Either you guys recognize this game? I mean, it looks familiar. Is this Smash Brothers? Bingo. So that's a Japanese N64 Smash Bros. Is that an original? Yep. Original Super Smash Brothers cartridge from Japan. You know how much this cost me? Take a random guess how much this cost me. I'm going to say like like 60 bucks. Wow. Feast and famine on either side of that, huh? Yeah. $11. How much? How much would that retail here? I mean, it looks like it's in good condition. I could probably sell it for three times that much here. But the real shocker is how much the English version of that game goes for, which is about actually very close to what you said, Luke. It's about sixty to eighty dollars to That's get insane. the English version, and I so got I it assume, for eleven bucks. So I assume you have an N sixty four. I do. Yes. Have you played that? Are you going to play it eventually? Yes. Unfortunately. Oh. Because of the age of the game, this is back when people would region lock games by making the cartridge incompatible with the system. Really? Yeah. Nowadays, you can just code it on the disc that it can't be played here or there. But back then, you couldn't do that. So the way they got around it, making sure you couldn't play European games in America, Japanese games in America, is that the system, they literally, you can't put it in there. Mm -hmm. And they did that up until the GameCube. Really? Yeah, yep. dude. I never knew that. So, so let me ask you this: You can't put it in there. So, does that mean you have to get a Japanese in sixty four? Normally, um, thankfully, don't the they have I- adapters? They have um, for the SNES. They have an adapter, but also for the NES, SNES, and N sixty four, there are hundreds of tutorials online for the modifications you can make to your system to make them compatible. Normally. I mean, with the NES specifically, it's literally removing one pin on either side of the of the slot. It's oh. that easy. SNES is a little more complicated, and the N64 is a little more complicated than that. Right. But essentially, it's just going into the the system's shell because it's not hardwired into the system. It's literally on the shell that whatever is stopping you from putting that cartridge in and right. just cutting that bitch out. And so then, boom, the now point? you can do it. What was the point in that? I still don't understand what the point of region locked games are. It's, it's partially for censorship, partially for translation issues, something to do with trademarks as well. I've never really had a grasp on why different areas have gotten different versions of games and why right. to in the name of God that's happening today. Yeah. But I mean, that's it's the will of the companies, man. I, I couldn't crazy. tell you. So so you got that, and then I assume you you dove into some cards pretty heavy. I tried. Whoa. I tried. And this is, I, I was alluding to this earlier. Card shopping in Japan comes down almost exclusively to buying singles. And mm. for the longest time, like the first week I was there before I linked up with my homie from Korea on, I was like, what the fuck? Am I just not getting, do I have to like go in and 
like do a special hand thing or have a password to be able to see the booster boxes. <laughs> Gotta Tell show you Power yeah. Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you like a Power they, Ranger? They didn't. They didn't give you a fucking mic from the card shop card. <laughs> no, they, I, they must have missed giving me like the VIP card or something. But it was exclusively singles and. It threw me for the biggest loop because that's not how it was in Korea. It's not how it is in America. But Mm -hmm. my buddy explained it to me is that so many of these local game shops and even in a big place like Akihabara only order enough boxes for a set to satisfy their hardcore fan base. Like the customers they get every day or like Mm -hmm. several times a week, they will factor that into their orders and then they will order enough boxes to make sure they get everything they want. So most of these shops only have boxes and packs for sets for about a week. And then they, all their customers will open their boxes, sell back what they don't want out of what they bought. And then that is the main lifeblood of the store selling those cards. That's so weird, man. It, it just is. sounds so ass backwards. It really is, man. And I mean, I understand from a certain point of view how that can be convenient for people who are wanting to buy specific cards. And it's got to be super easy considering that that's what every shop sells. But God help you if you want to break a box or a pack yourself and see what you get because you're not. Or if you're like just anything. starting out. Now you got to buy everything in a single card. Exactly. So you So you didn't get any packs. I got a few packs of stuff, but nothing big, no Pokemon, and oh, not really man. any Yu-Gi-Oh. I got some offshoot stuff, like, I don't, I don't know if either of you guys are familiar with this show, but this is a pack of uh, Divers. It's an offshoot trading card game, and they do animes. And this is a pack for an anime called Gurren Lagann, which is a popular mech show that I like. Right. But you can't really play with these. They're more just for, hey, I like that show. I'll buy this pack just to get the collectible trading cards. Okay. Now well, at least you were able to get something. Yes. Yes. I was happy with being able to pick up some stuff from it. And I did buy some singles. I bought mm-hmm. some good singles while I were there. Uh, so was Japan cards. more video game? Yes. Video Shopping. game and anime figures. Okay. Yeah. Up a oh lot yeah. Of anime figures. Our our buddy Ryan that we uh play video games with, he is his Twitch name is Raitaku. And he is... <laughs> oh, I love that. He's a fucking anime head like crazy. Like he just put like a big titty anime girl with a gun on his car sh- as a sticker. My God. So, yeah, he's he's Man immersed in it. Yeah, but- he, I can't remember if he said he's been to Japan or not. I don't think he has, but I think he wants to. Tell him that when he goes to look for the second hand shops, because I tell you what, I picked up about 40 titty statues while I was there and I maybe <laughs> I maybe spent 50 bucks. <laughs> I've never heard of cult. Oh my god. <laughs> I cannot wait to get on Discord and be like, yo, I heard a man had a hookup on some titty statues. <laughs> oh bro, dead ass. If he can make it to Funabashi, I can give him a litter an exact address to well, go. Well, like if he's getting ready to plan, I'm going to tell him to hit you up and be like, sure. Yeah, be happy to like, talk to him about it. Dude, he is immersed in anime like you wouldn't fuck. He plays, so he streams Genshin oh. all the time. Like, dude, you should check him out. He streams That's a hard like, man. Oh, dude, he's fucking, he's in it. He's in it to win it. That poor and bastard. It, yeah, he, I, <laughs> dude, he's been streaming Genshin for like years. Yeah, that's like his main stream. Yeah. Dude, the amount of money he must have spent in that. Because you you need to pay to get your roles in Genshin to get your characters. 
That's what that man loves. My, titty statues. More power to titty statues. <laughs> so With Genshin, his... it's titty JPEGs. <laughs> Dude, he has a, uh, like a, so I assume you're, you're familiar with Twitch. Yes. He, like the little Twitch points you get for watching. If you spend, I always save up for him. If you spend 3,000 of them, he brings out his wife with you. Wife, 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 pillow. Oh, he's got both sides pillow. of it. <laughs> he's got like two of them, and and he's like, like he he'll tell me like, oh, which one should I put on? And in and one time he was like, I don't have the extra pillow, but I got the sheet. <laughs> it's, <laughs> dude, it's so funny, man. He's, I saw he's a funny few of those it. while I was over there. There I'll was a uh, guarantee it. There was a secondhand shop I went to in Funabashi. It was a huge, like bazaar style, flea market style place just had everything so many great games so many great figures and there was a section in the back with a sheet over it that had 18 up on it oh yeah tell me you went in it oh of course i went in it dude (laughs) it was just i mean i was awash in a sea of titties (laughs) it was hell yeah it was more porn than i had ever seen in one location in my entire life but all like anime Half and half. It was. Oh, okay, uh, there was okay. a whole rack of DVDs from live action <laughs> Japanese adult video. <laughs> oh, that's so, so weird. Because doesn't Asian porn they blur it out anyway? Uh, actually, <laughs> it's that also seems kind of half and half. Like I don't know why they cho- when they choose to enforce that rule and when they don't. But so sometimes two, they uh, don't. One was blurred. One wasn't. It was yeah. all right. <laughs> you know, just different flavors depending on what you like. Do you imagine being American going and be like, "Oh, I get the real thing," and then you buy just nothing but blurred fucking copies, <laughs> <laughs> like, bro? They don't put nothing on the cover Mother to let you know. Fucker, dude. No <laughs> indication. <laughs> So, so, how many times did you go to this uh, this electric place? Oh, um, all together, I went six times. Hell Four yes. times alone, two times with my buddy. Now, was he like excited to go with you to it? Is oh, that yeah. like was that like his wheelhouse? Definitely, yeah. He's Hell a big yeah. old nerd, just like me. So he went there, and it was the first time. It was actually he, he told me it's like that was that was a little much. Because it's the sheer amount. We stayed literally all day. That's crazy. And it was just, dude, you never run out of places to see. You could spend every waking moment in that place for a week and not hit every store. That's so fucking cool, man. And 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 I'm sure that you enjoyed the whole fucking thing. Oh, dude, absolutely. Every single last bit of it. I mean, there were times when I was... I made the mistake one time of going on a weekend day. I went on a Sunday. And that was the day when I wanted to hit two specific shops. And man, I felt like I was like, sometimes I felt like I was, it felt like being on the train during rush hour. Just so many bodies around me, dude. It was crazy. I was hot. I was sweaty. I hated it. But man, I found some good shit. So was it hot there while you were there? Thankfully not. I was, I was in, I was there for April. And okay. it was starting to warm up, but thankfully, more days than not, it was chilly enough to get away with a hoodie. Fuck yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So what what do you think the most expensive thing you bought while you were in Japan was? Actually, the most expensive thing I bought while I was in Japan was the only booster box I was able to find in Japan. Thanks to my guy, An. Shout out to my dude who helped make this possible. I was looking for this set mm-hmm. for ever 
This is a 20... Is that uh, is a Yu-Gi-Oh set? Yes, this is a okay. Yu-Gi-Oh set, World Premiere Pack 2020. So it's a three-year-old set. Right. And no place had it. Can't find it in America, can't find it in Japan, which is where this is from. Right. It's a Japanese set. And I was like, dude, I've wanted this since I first saw the cover cards for it. I've been dying for it. Mm-hmm. And he went on fucking Japanese eBay or whatever the hell it is and just immediately found four boxes for me. He's like, yeah, dude, I can have this here in two days. I was like, you're fucking joking. He's That's like, yeah, so I mean, it's sick. a little expensive, but I'm, I'm like, I don't care. Just order right. it, order it, so, and I will have the money for you when it gets here. So can you tell us what you spent on it? US yes. dollars. Um, I bought four of these boxes sealed, and I bought them for $185. A piece? All together. Oh, it's not that bad. No, no not, not at bad. all. I was no. thinking a piece. I was like, my man. Which <laughs> How should much? Help, that should help underscore the fact that everything else I found in Japan, I got for that fat deal. Right. Didn't spend oh, too yeah. much on nothing. Hell yeah. How much would that pack be worth here if you tried to sell it? About tree fitting. <laughs> to the right collectors, I could probably get away with selling that for $5 a pack, which 15 packs in a box, four boxes, 15 times four. And then. 60. And then. That's 60, yeah. And then five times 60. Uh, 120, 120, 240. Yeah, three hundred. Uh, so I could probably yeah. get about three hundred bucks for it. Math, fuck you, <laughs> big, big math, quick math. <laughs> I do IT for a living. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sick. So before we get more into the food, and I also I did notice you posted some shit about the culture, which yeah. I'm a big culture person. Is like shit I am really interested in. Nice. How how much money did you think you spent on nerd shit? specifically between South Korea and Japan between both countries yeah out of the whole 10k I probably oh. spent about three and a half thousand dollars you know in reality trip. to have a ten thousand dollar budget that's not that bad no, no not at all and I mean I came home with money I didn't spend the whole thing I thought I would but I ran I out of space <laughs> before anything right <laughs> And the yeah. price tag to send shit home in a box definitely stopped me from going ham any further. I fucking guarantee it, dude. I can't imagine. I'm sure that was like, what, a hundred and some dollars to send? Okay. See this box? I mean, that's a decent sized box, though. Probably not for like... two of those home. Is it by take a, weight? Take a ballpark guess how much I spent on that. Is it by Is it, weight? Uh-huh. By weight and volume. So they do a base price for the size of the box, and then they charge you more depending on how heavy it is. I'm going to say $150 a box. Kyle, uh, I'm gonna. I think I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go 250. Luke was actually almost right on the nose. It because I'm me- good. I do IT for a living, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it cost me about 350 bucks to send the entire shebang home. You know, in all honesty, Mike. It's worth it. Yeah. Definitely. It's worth it. You know, I, but I didn't want to turn that into 500. I understand. And yeah, I'm sure you could have quick. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you could have quick. So, okay. So I need to know like, did you get to see any of the car culture just like while you were around? Sure. Yeah. Actually, in that shopping district that I went to go to that big secondhand store, there was a, it's not an empty lot, but there was a big parking lot 
that was shared in between the store and the sushi restaurant that was next to it. But in between them was this lot, probably about a 40 space lot. And there were probably about two dozen old souped up subies sitting in there with a bunch of guys just walking around looking at them. Oh my God, bro. The (laughs) fucking amount of things in uh, like, uh, so so like what I've seen in Japan and in and, and Korea a little bit too that I follow, like I am a little obsessed, like I told you before, with like Chicano culture, like Cholo and shit. Oh, uh, hold on. Looks good. Um, she just made some Chinese food for dinner. Ooh. <laughs> um, Ooh. but like, so I'm obsessed with like Chicano culture. Like I love the Cholo tattooing. I love the wall murals. I love the fucking the music, the cars. I love all of it. And there is Chicano cultures in Japan because like Japan is obsessed too with different cultures. Like you even have like a rockabilly culture. You have uh Chicano cultures and shit. And oh, yeah. I would just love to fucking see shit like that. And then to see like a car culture just sounds so fucking cool, man. It was cool, man. I mean, I was kind of astounded by the cars that I saw in South Korea and Japan, like without even seeing modern cars, like a surprising amount of Mercedes and BMW just fucking everywhere. That makes sense. Just everywhere. But then you see the souped up cars and it was I'm I'm not kidding when I say that literally every car in that parking lot was Subi. That's so tight. Right hand drive, probably. There were over a few. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! And they were wrapped. There, some of the colors, like they changed color depending on where you were standing and looking at it. And they, uh, these particular guys, had a real love for their uh, their spoilers too, because every single one of those motherfuckers had a spoiler on it. <laughs> like the one-off cars, the cartoon. It's like fucking layered and tall. It That's was crazy, sick. man. I didn't go and engage with them or anything, but it was definitely right, right. cool to watch from like a distance because these guys obviously, you know, really loved the hobby and they were into it themselves. And, you know, everyone had their popped hoods and there was one guy who was revving it up. But uh, that's something I did notice that it seemed like that wasn't a huge aspect of it, not because they didn't want to hear their cars, but because it goes against the Japanese culture of not like being a nuisance. Or like not interrupting people around you. Yeah. So when they went to re- the one guy went to rev his engine, he only did it for about like two, three seconds, and then he yeah. shut the car back off. So it's like a humility thing almost. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. the number one thing when it comes to like Japanese people existing with other Japanese people in the same space is like rule number one is like do not make the fact that you're here an inconvenience for them in any way. Hmm. Don't be too Damn. loud. Don't That's be wild to you know to eye-catching don't disturb them from what they're doing you Mm -hmm. saw that in restaurants you saw that on the train you saw that walking around everywhere these people were just here yeah that's what i'm saying man why can't people be a little more considerate about other people it's literally the culture over there rule number one do not fuck with other people be a decent human yeah (laughs) dude like i was in my truck losing my fucking mind because i thought my air conditioning went out in it on my way home from work here i am like fucking screaming and shit (laughs) (laughs) these motherfuckers are over like i'm not gonna rev my engine because i don't want to bother you yeah i'm like ah they're they're literally people will hold in a sneeze on the train because they don't want to you know startle other people that's how deep that shit goes 
That's they wild, literally bro. apologize to everyone in the train car if they have to take a phone call on the train. No shit. Yes. Wow. I saw it happen. Somebody somebody had to take a take a call. And I know enough Japanese to know that they were talking to their boss, which mm. is really the only time you'll ever see someone answer their phone on a train is if it's somebody that they can't send a voicemail. Right. And they they did it and they were like, Sorry. Okay. Bye. And then immediately as soon as the phone went away, they turn around and deep bow to everyone. They're sumimasen, sumimasen, like gomenasai, which is excuse me, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Wow, just so considerate, wild, so so conscientious of being in other people's spaces and not wanting to be a nuisance to them. I loved that so much. So I feel like I know <laughs> the answer to this, but like, were they more accepting of you? Or I guess you didn't experience it too much, but did it seem more accepting than South Korea to a foreigner traveling person? To some degree. I would right. say that it definitely felt a little warmer. The, mm-hmm. the, the number one thing you'll experience from the average Joe walking on the street, normally, if you're doing it right and not being a nuisance, you'll experience indifference. They, will, they won't look at you. They won't, you know, they won't stare if they'll try not to, the very old or the very young might sometimes break that. Where's the rest of you? Where's the rest? Of <laughs> I saw. I was literally watching that clip today. <laughs> so funny, dude. But um, um, normally okay, that- you just experience like they'll they'll be polite and just not acknowledge you unless you're trying to go out of your way to be acknowledged. Right. Now you don't get that in stores or anything. Staff very kind. Restaurant very kind. Just your average person, you're probably not going to get an acknowledgement of your existence unless you go out of your way to like, excuse me, something hey, like bitch. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking that's crazy, man. So I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think. I, I'm I got so much on my brain about like what I would try to do there. So let's let's dive into the food. Then we got to dive into food. The first I thing I need to know. We talked about the ramen while you were gone, Kyle. Okay. And he had a huge bowl of pork ramen and it was like fucking like vending machine machine style. Yeah, right. so you order your shit on a vending machine, hand them your ticket and they make whatever is on the ticket. Wow. Do you like sushi? I love sushi. Let's fucking get into it, baby. You had to eat it a couple times. Yes, I did. I tried Okay. Tried it a few different places. So for me, I and Kyle can attest to this, I am kind of a foodie. I know I look like a dumb fucking redneck, um, (laughs) but I'm a foodie. So like if I went to Japan, one, I'm going to see like, so my favorite food is pizza. Like, so I leave for my bachelor party next week and Kyle planned it. He asked me what I wanted to do. And I don't know if you uh, have, I'm sure you've heard of Barstool Sports and Dave Portnoy with the pizza reviews and shit. Kyle planned my whole bachelor party around his pizza reviews up north. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, I would, anytime I go anywhere, like when I was in Hawaii, because that's the farthest place I've ever traveled, I made sure that I looked up reviews and found like a top rated pizza spot. So, like, I would, I would have to try and find pizza in Japan, but like, I would want to go to the most expensive, like, if there's a Michelin star there or something, like, I need to go to the top rated sushi place and get like, the fucking I need to get the head chef to tell me how to eat my sushi. Oh goodness. Dude, I, I didn't would be, have an experience like that while I was there. <laughs> I need that's that would be a that would be me going and finding 
like a pack of first edition Pokemon cards. Like <laughs> that's what that would how I would feel. I mean, so, those experiences definitely exist over there. Oh, it just but sounds so perfect. Just like you said, you'd have to that a lot of planning would go into that. You'd have to search it out right. and do your research. But I mean, your regular Joe sushi place, you could find that anywhere. They're all over right. the place. And I did uh one to one served sushi and I also did Oh the my god, style. you dog. That's so sick. All right. <laughs> I want to hear about both. I want to fucking hear about the, the guys, the person's <laughs> one to one. All right. That was have you have you ever been to a hibachi restaurant where they sit you around in the big square and it's like yeah. 10, 15 other people? It was like that. Okay. Because they're not going to, you know, they don't have one sushi chef for one guy, which right. you might get if you go to that Michelin spot. I'm, but, I'm uh, going one day. I'm telling you, you right go. now. <laughs> but uh, it was, you know, it was, you watched your stuff get prepared and I didn't really catch a lot of the uh, information because okay. I was there without a translator. So I was just kind of, you know, nodding and just trying my best to be as polite as possible so that they didn't think, uh, you know, Baka Gaijin, dumbass, get out of here. Now, and were you surrounded by people, uh, like native people? I went on a slower day. So there were actually only four other people sitting at the place with me and they were a little bit removed. They okay. were a little further down. They were obviously, you know, a group that had come in together. So they were chatting amongst themselves. The sushi chef was talking to them a bit, but didn't really talk too much to me. You know, mm -hmm. I was making sure that I was saying all the right words. Like he'd serve me something I could and be like, Ooh, Subarashi, oh, umai, umai, you know, just, you know, the Japanese words for delicious and, you know, superb and all that shit. Right. And he would, you know, he'd bow his head, smile, and laugh. Would he laugh a little bit? Like, yeah. And he even said cool. thank you in English. Although it was, oh, okay, I think tight. it was the only English he knew. Yeah. So it was a very positive experience. And the sushi was, of course, like you can imagine, best sushi I ever had. So what was the best roll that he gave you? I'm sure he probably so, gave you smaller rolls, right? Actually, or did he give you pieces? The, it was pieces. It was mostly okay. pieces. The rolls he served a couple. They were mostly, um, how best to describe it? It's Perfect. like, have you ever seen like really well chopped seafood salad where it's yeah. like the pieces in it are very small? It's like mm -hmm. a super diced coleslaw almost. Right. And it was just basically he would start out with the seaweed roll already pre-rolled to take whatever he was making in the roll and just pour it in. And then you would eat it like that. I'm hard. You know, <laughs> they were good. They were good. Don't get me wrong, but it was definitely a different texture experience. Oh, I can't imagine, dude. Yeah. But the 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 pieces were definitely the, the highlight for me. The fatty tuna was done oh, perfectly. You fucking bastard. Oh, I bet it was so fucking good, bro. It was actual butter. Just so it lives butter. up to the hype. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that absolutely. do you think that was your favorite uh like piece for throughout oh, the whole dude, sushi down. experience? Okay. I thought it was gonna be the shrimp, and the shrimp was good, don't get me wrong, but I mean it it legitimately tasted like I just placed tuna flavored butter in my mouth and just had it just encapsulate all 2000 taste buds. If I don't I even think I chewed that piece of tuna. I bet it melt. Ah, cause like, again, I'm so sorry to bring up Hawaii so much, but this is the only thing I have to compare to. So obviously in Hawaii, tuna is like fresh. Sure. And I ate raw tuna so much that I was replacing it with, with every meal. Like I would just get raw tuna platters and like salads and shit and a lot Hell of sushi. Yeah. And they're, 
raw tuna would just melt in your fucking mouth. Yep. So I can I I can imagine that, but I know yours was way better. But like legit, if I had the option to cut one of my fingers off right now to get a piece of that directly from Japan to my <laughs> hand within seconds, I'd give up two fingers at least. Jesus. Maybe like these two, dude. I'm telling you, I know it's because I'm a fat piece of shit, but like <laughs> food, sushi, and food that's like. That it's hard to fathom how good it is. It and I know that that food right there that you ate is just perfect. Oh, it was legendary, dude. It was absolutely dude, legendary. That's sick. Comparing that I, against the conveyor belt stuff, honestly. Oh, dude. The, the honestly, the conveyor belt stuff, you get better stuff here. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. I thought you were gonna say it was still pretty decent. No, no, it's good. Really? Don't get me wrong, but it's like I have a sushi restaurant down the street that serves pretty primo stuff. Okay, and, so where where is that though? Because every time, uh, I don't know if you remember Brian Gordon. Yes, he lives in Fox Point now. He used to live back behind Cortland. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, like everybody's gonna know where that is. Uh, <laughs> so every time I come to visit him, I'm like, "Yo, let's go get sushi." He's like, "Man, there's really no place good to get sushi anymore." So where where Incorrect. is a good place? Where are we going, dude? Go go hit Oishi. Where is it's, that at? It's is that Central downtown? Park. No, it's, it's in Central Park. Park. Okay. It's right next to uh, the. It's right next to the Krispy Kreme in there. That's the only thing I can think of actually. Okay, I know right exactly what you're talking about. And it's it's a it's a buffet. It's set out, but the guys the guys are literally right behind the the serving walls. Like you can see them. They're prepping it. They're rolling the rolls. They're putting the pieces on. They're mm. literally right there doing it. And you That's can go so up sick. and look at each roll you want, grab it, and it is—it's not gourmet Japanese, but damn, it's close. Okay, okay, I know where to get sushi then. Uh so so, do you think that that was your favorite food experience, or did you have like something different? Oh, dude, I mean, did you get I, to eat wagyu while you were there? I did not. Oh, my. I had steak. I had steak, but there was no place around that was serving legitimate A5 Wagyu. Right. Which, which I, I got to imagine, that's not as easy to get as people make it out to be. It's really not, dude. Like, yeah. You can go to a steak restaurant that doesn't have it. Like, they're, the places that serve the legit Wagyu, a lot of them, like, that's what they do. That's all they do. Right. And it's just, it's just not easy to, without going into like Shibuya or Shinjuku, they're Shibu not easy to find. <laughs> That's all that makes me. But uh, if you want to talk about, in my opinion, the food that I consistently loved more than anything else, man, this might come as a surprise to you, but dude, Japanese fried chicken is life changing. I was going to make a joke like he's going to say chicken strip, but uh, dude, dead ass. Japanese I wonder what chicken. they do different. I don't know how the hell they make it as juicy as they do, but dear God on a biscuit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, and it's consistently <laughs> delicious. I had chicken while I was at the conveyor belt sushi place. God tier. KFC. God tier. Chicken at the ramen <laughs> restaurant. God tier. Wow. That's sick. It's never not amazing. It is Dude. consistently the best food experience I had, no matter where I ordered it in Japan. I bet you, like, if you wouldn't have told me this, that would have been the last thing I ate there. Oh, yeah. Like, I would have been like, yo, I'm, I don't feel very good. I need, like, a home food, and then would have went and got chicken. That's wild, bro. I wonder what they do. 
even when you get it from the convenience store, man, it is friggin' delicious. And every convenience store in Japan serves fried chicken. Fuck yes. Yes, dude. That's tight. Crazy. On Damn. top of that, the ramen, of course, was legendary and right. varied. My God, I had so many different kinds of ramen while I was there. I went right. to a place that was about an hour outside of Tokyo when I went to hang out with the boys. And then we went, we went drinking for that night called Little Okinawa. Mm-hmm. And I had Okinawan ink ramen while I was there. I wish I had taken a picture, but I was already four deep and I wouldn't think enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> And um, the flavor was just incredible. And it was black as night. The bowl was just literally, you could not see anything through the broth. What? Dude, that's so wild. I, ah, man, I would, I, I hate to say it, but I would just, if I, if I inter- ever end up going, which Gabby really wants to go. So I see it in our future, but Hell I would yeah. just plan so much around food. Good luck, man. There's gonna even even if you plan a different restaurant three times a day every day, you're still gonna feel like you're missing out. Oh, dude, I already, I, I already, I just want to eat sushi. I would probably <laughs> be like, yeah, I, I said we were gonna go here and try this, but I'm just gonna go get sushi and go to the fucking card shop. There you go. <laughs> that you know that would be the fucking place. And so, you know, Luke, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned pizza earlier. Did you have pizza? There? I did have pizza. How was it? It was all right. Oh, dude, I'm out. I didn't. Was, I didn't think it would be anything more than all right. You never know, though, because That's Japanese true. culture is about perfecting their craft, right? Sure. True. No, you're absolutely right. The problem was is that the only <laughs> no two, one gave a fuck about perfecting pizza. <laughs> the only two places you could get pizza in the entire area where I was at were Domino's and Pizza Hut. God damn it. I fucking hate Pizza Hut. <laughs> Fuck. And it's expensive, dude. Oh Kyle would have been God. like, yeah, Domino's. <laughs> dude, I tried both. I tried both while I was there. Both of them were way more squeezed than juice, in my opinion. Just not worth the price tag. Flavor was all right. Just nothing I'd really write home about. I'm going to go to Japan and start a pizza restaurant. Dude, I've told three different people to do that since I've been home. Dude, like, I mean, could you imagine having shitty pizza? I don't know. I could probably, I could probably ditch pizza if I got fucking fatty tuna. Oh, dude, yeah. Nah. There's no, no shortage. You're out there, mind. And of oh, course, don't God. forget to try the pork cutlet. Go get yourself some tonkatsu while you're there, dude. You will not regret it. Oh God, that's so sexual. <laughs> anyway, so uh, one one other thing I was wondering about because it's kind of like me and Gabby's thing when we travel to places we go get tattooed. Um, so like, hmm. did you see tattoo shops? What like were they readily available or is that frowned upon? They definitely weren't just right there on the street. Right. Um, I know for a fact that there are some parlors in the Tokyo area that you can go to and get work done, but mm-hmm. it is pretty rare because the Japanese culture when it comes to tattoos in general has always been kind of anti-ink because of the cultural significance of what tattoos have meant for Japanese for decades, which basically Mm -hmm. meant if you had tattoos, you were a criminal. Right. Damn. So they would probably look at me when I get there and be like, felon. Piece of shit. I mean, (laughs) you definitely would... Pizza Hut for you only. (laughs) (laughs) Only, only all you can have. You would get that reaction from a lot of the older generation as 
the new generation continues to come up in Japan, you will, of course, see that get less and less prominent. Mm -hmm. But it still definitely holds on to the 65 and up crowd. And unfortunately, there is even some small tattoo discrimination that you see in Japan. The most Mm. prominent and well-known one being you can't go to a hot spring if you have tattoos. Oh, no. Yeah, that's, I mean. So that's, any of that's a lie in movies then, right? Oh, yeah. The whole thing, unless, of course, the hot spring is owned by the Yakuza, in which case you can't go anyway, being a white dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. That's that's kind of the idea was that it was, you know, no tattoos and hot springs to help keep the Yakuza out. And mm. then the Yakuza started buying their own hot springs. So now that stopped being a problem. But the rule never went away. And so oh. now, you know, you'll see people, you know, you might watch a Japanese vlog sometime and you see somebody going into a hot spring and they have like a, a big bandage around their arm. A hundred times out of a hundred, that's somebody covering a tattoo. No shit. Because so, they don't ask about that. If you go in with a big band, like around your leg or forearm or something, they they know what you're doing. But because you had the decency to do it, they won't ask you if there's a tattoo under there and they'll let you in. Yeah, I don't have enough money for all those bandages. Yeah, you've <laughs> got enough ink fucking... to where that wouldn't work for you, man. You'll have yeah, to get a private. Uh, you'd have to go to a private hot spring. So did you see any Yakuza or any sign of Yakuza while you were there? The only time that I saw anything that could have been that could have been Yakuza, I can't even confirm whether or not they were, was I was uh, I was walking through Tokyo. I was just you know sightseeing later at night before I caught a train because I was waiting for the rush hour home to finish mm-hmm. on the train. Which basically, if you're anywhere in Tokyo and you want to go home, good luck getting on a train between five thirty and eight because right. if you're in there, it's just you're. You're packed in like a sardine. You're not sitting down. You're barely going to be able to hold onto the railing to make sure you don't fall over. It sucks, especially when you have to ride it for an hour. So I was just wasting time. I was like, I'm not riding that bullshit. So I was walking around and I would look down an alleyway that had kind of like an archway in front Mm -hmm. of it, like it was a business alley or something. And there were some guys standing in the alley in front of businesses with big garish lights on it that like looked a little sketchy. Yeah. Like they looked there. All of them were smoking and they were like, you saw them looking back and forth a lot. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll just go get ramen. Maybe uh, I don't <laughs> want to go see what this is yeah. later. Hey, fellas, big gulps, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I had heard the stories of some tourist trap businesses that you'll find in Tokyo that will like strong arm you into going in and, you know, buy your first drink and then after you're done finally ready to escape they tell you that there was a 20,000 yen seating charge that you have to contend with and if you don't they're going to break your face and legs oh my fucking god so that sounds awful but thankfully those places are very few and far between in Tokyo you don't see it much the only one that's really well known that you might go to for some photo ops is a place called Golden Guy Yeah, which just if you really do need that Instagram photo that bad, just watch your ass and say no to everybody who tries to talk to you. Right. Holy shit. Because, man, you, you think you're having fun, and then all of a sudden, you know, that one beer you bought is $250. Oh, no. Boy, I'd be fucking mad. Let me tell you that. Oh, yeah. And like, there's nothing you can do about it because yeah. there's fucking 19 dudes in there. <laughs> With half fingers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All of them are missing their pinkies. <laughs> so so what would you say the okay 
So before I ask you that question, what what culture stuff did you go see? Um, I hit up a shrine. That was nice right. to see. I wasn't really super uh like invested in going to like on a shrine tour or something, but mm-hmm. I definitely felt like I needed to see at least one. And thankfully my buddy had found one pretty close to where we were staying that I went and checked out. And it it was dope, dude. The architecture, right. the arches, you know, mm-hmm. the little prayer bell, all of it was really neat. Don't get me wrong. Um as far as other culture, I really wanted to immerse myself in like the modern culture, like mm-hmm. see what current neighborhoods look like, current businesses look like. And I got a lot of that while I was in Funabashi. I know that people love to go to the older places of Japan. It wasn't really high on my need to do list, mostly because Kyoto is a tourist nightmare right now. So right. if you want to go see those 200 year old buildings, good luck getting a good photo. <laughs> Because there's going to be a hundred other motherfuckers trying to do the same thing. No shit. So did you see other people touring? Tour, being tourists while you were there? In Akihabara, mainly. In Funabashi, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I was... Me and my roommate were the only white dudes there. Fuck yeah. So I would <laughs> rather be in a place where people don't go and be tourists. I feel yeah. like that would be more fun. And it was. I had. I probably had more meaningful experiences in Chiba than I did in Akihabara and you know Greater Tokyo. Because man, when you're in Akiba, there are so many fucking white people in there. I'm out. <laughs> I fucking hate white people. <laughs> I'm here to get away from them. God damn yeah. it! I want seasoned food and to be left the fuck alone. <laughs> On the flip side, if you've been in the country long enough and you're dying to talk to somebody in English. You be in Akiba for five seconds and you'll find somebody. Hell, the first time I went, I was still kind of nervous about walking around because, you know, big fucking tourist place. Yeah. So I ducked into this. There's actually a smoke, uh, smoking uh, cafe that you can go to right outside the station. And it's necessary because fun fact about Japan, you can't smoke or vape in the streets. What? Yep. What Any, the fuck does that do? Every single major city in the country, you cannot smoke or vape in the streets. It's outside. Kyle's <laughs> fucked. So, so those guys going. you saw in those, that alley were smoking. Oh, yeah. But that was uh, that was obviously a place that a police box wasn't anywhere near. Right. And it was later at night. So, so they were definitely... Had, and it's not like you're going to get like popped by the fuzz if you're smoking wow. a cigarette. <laughs> I there were a few times when I was far away from the cafe, like uh-huh. too far to walk back to, and didn't want to because my place was in the other direction. And I was like, "Fuck, I need a cigarette." Just dive into one of the smaller alleys where the basically the rule is: if you want to have a cigarette, go somewhere where during that three minutes you're smoking, nobody walks by you. If you can find a place like that, then it's okay to smoke, right? Because it, damn, the whole reason they have that law is to go back to the whole no fucking with other people. Cigarette smoke, while not a dangerous thing, for a non-smoker can, you know, smell like shit or, yeah. you know, just be intrusive to them. And for the Japanese, that's that's a ban right there. That's an absolute ban. Yeah. Shit, I, I would take that just to have that rule. Fair, right? Yeah. But you get these places like the Smoke Cafe right outside the uh, the station where you go in, get a coffee, Sit down, light up, and you're good to go. And I actually met my first American while I was there in that smoke shop. He was I there. For Mark, <laughs> hey, dude, his name was Mark. Let's fucking go! Holy! All shit. white people are named Mark. Dude, yeah, his name was Mark Levin. He was a, he was a cool dude. Where he was, was he there from? For business I was going to say man. Minnesota. 
Oh, I didn't actually get where he was oh, from. He okay. said West Coast. Oh, piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what? What is going to be? So we know what your South Korea memory is going to be. What's going to be your outstanding memory of, like, the best part of your trip in Japan? Honestly, the titty statues is what I would Y'all assume. The titty statues are going to be a long-lasting memory with many reminders. <laughs> turns I'm his gonna... camera around and it's just like... <laughs> I wish I could, but my room, my room's still getting renovations done, so I don't have anything set up yet. Right. But uh, the I have to say that probably there's three memories I have from Japan that I will cherish more than anything. And they're, they're something I couldn't take with me. It happened there. It'll stay there mm-hmm. forever. But one of them is something you would imagine two of not so much. Number three is probably going to be hearing. Cause we were close to a junior high school and number three, definitely going to be hearing that bell every day. Oh, Oh, you, you played that. So what is that from? That is the Westminster chime, which is literally the school bell for every school in Japan. And also normally has a very prominent place in anime. Okay. Because when you played it, I was like, I was like, this has to be off of like a movie or a show or something. And that's why, like, I can't fucking imagine hearing that. I'd probably cry again. I'm a bitch. I just like hearing it, bro. You're like, oh no, my bro, God. I'm there with you. I'm here listening to this real time. That definitely hit it home for me, man. It was, I had heard it in so many shows, so many vlogs, and to finally hear it in person, just hanging off my balcony, it was, it was something else. Number That's two awesome. is definitely going to have to be walking through the neighborhoods of Funabashi mm-hmm. at midnight. Everything oh. is just quiet as the grave, dude. I don't think I would have ever slept while I was there. I feel like I would have been out exploring the whole time. It was incredible, man. To to be in that place at that hour where everything was asleep. A place that was already peaceful during the day. Now, literally, you feel like you could just post up on a wall and just spend the night doing that. And you would still feel fulfilled. I'm like, rested. The mm-hmm. fact that there are vending machines literally everywhere, so you could hang out if you're thirsty, get a drink, get a bite to eat without having to go into any of the businesses which are closed. Right. Dude, it was it felt like a place how the fuck to say this. It felt like the kind of place that actively encouraged people to just live. Hell Damn. yeah. What a fucking way to put it. Man. Yeah. And and it makes sense. It makes sense. It absolutely dude, it it was it was Almost perspective changing in a way, right? So, so a side Number note one. on that situation. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Side note on that situation. What's the vending machine situation like? It's they're everywhere, right? Because you remember Gus from I Am Barricadian. Sure. He he would like send us pictures back in the day of like there's vending machines fucking everywhere. Absolutely, man. And it was and they and they got whatever you want. I heard you could get lobster out of a fucking vending machine. Never saw that, but I did see one that served sandwiches. Legitimate, not just like wrapped up gas station sandwiches. Like this motherfucker was hot. It had a heater in it that would heat up your sandwich for you. Oh my! Dude, you, what? See, bro, I would get. I'd have to throw up so I could <laughs> Let go me get eat a cheesesteak. <laughs> you just hear the fucking machine. <laughs> I'm just sick. saying, man. I don't know another place where you can get a hot ham and cheese out of a fucking vending machine at 2 a.m. 
Japan. I'm here for it. I'm fucking here for it. All and right. The drink selection is all over the place, man. Sodas, beers, whatever you want. You can get beer out of a vending machine? 100%. That's hilarious. I'm going to sit by here all night and get fucked up. There you go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but the number one memory from Japan that I'll definitely take with me is when the homies took me out for an all night drink. So was, was this the karaoke like right night? before you left? Yeah. This was, yeah, it was about a week before I left. And yeah, that was the night. We the fifth bar we went to, the last bar of the night had karaoke, and I'll I'll work my way up to that. So I arrive. We set up the night. Let's start there. We set up the night. I talked to my guy on. He's like, "Hey, I have a buddy who lives about an hour outside of Tokyo. He really wants to meet you and talk Yu Gi Oh and stuff. And you know, we can go out drinking and stuff." I was like, "Hell yeah, dude! You know, if he's a friend of yours, I'm sure he's a cool dude. Let's set it up." So I ride out there. First off, fuck trying to get to this place because it was the smallest train station I have ever seen in my life. And to get there, you have to go from Chiba to Shinjuku and then jump on another train that's at the far end of the Shinjuku station, which is the second biggest station in all of Japan (laughs) to get there. And once I found once I got there, I found out that only out of the four trains that depart from this part of the station, only one of them stop at that station. The rest of them are express trains and go right by that motherfucker. (laughs) So I got on a train that went right by that motherfucker. Then I got another train while I was in that station to try and hit it on the way back, went right by it again. Tried a third time, right by it. (laughs) (laughs) So after the third time, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I looked it up on maps. The station was only about 600 meters away i was like you know what i'll just walk mm-hmm. so i ended up getting a beautiful view of all this nice uh neighborhood between one station to another which was a fantastic walk maybe my favorite walk of the whole time i finally get to the station meet up with the homies we go to a bar that is about a hundred feet away from the station mm-hmm. and when i tell you that this bar basically encapsulates everything that I ever wanted in a drinking experience in Japan. I mean that to the fullest extent I can say it was exact. All the places that I had seen in Korea and Japan that I'd always been like, I can't go in there. That's, that's too local. It's too local for me as an outsider. I now had a pass to go into because I was there with two locals. And I tell you, dude, I'll never forget it. The bartenders were fucking insane. They're screaming at the top of their lungs in Japanese, doing <laughs> shots with people, throwing chicken at people. It was. I bet you were uh, there. Hey, is that fried? Dude, <laughs> legit, he threw that at me. He said, you eat, you eat small store, big chicken. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. It was God damn insanity, it's so awesome. dude. I never laughed so hard in my life. And then we bar hopped to a few. We went to a, place that served alcoholic teas we went to a place that was a cocktail lounge went to another beer bar all of these fantastic drinking experiences the whole time just talking with the homies meeting the new people that i was there meeting the business owners and then finally we end up at that it's about 5 30 in the morning we end up at that uh the bar that was doing karaoke i walk in and there is a i can't believe it there was another white dude I thought you were going to be like, Mark was there, bro. (laughs) Fucking Mark Levin was there, bro. No, this is is another white dude. I walk in, he's singing the fucking theme to Neon Genesis Evangelion in perfect Japanese. Damn. 
And I'm just like, what the fuck? You met the final boss of white people in <laughs> Honestly, Japan. The final boss of Weeaboos. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. He, he finishes up. He hands me the mic. I'm already drunk as piss. So I was like, hey, hey, put on Country Roads. <laughs> Sang that bitch. <laughs> you sang Country Roads in Japan? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking cool. And I saw, I don't know what version it was, but it was in like double time. So I I, don't, I think Primus did this version or something. <laughs> oh, that's. Fun. <laughs> so I just did. There. Anybody sing along with you? Hell yeah, dude! Every oh, time the my. chorus came around, on my guy, my dude next to me, just country rods, take me home. I'm just fucking losing it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he was a real one, man. He was he was my ride or die. Oh shit. Mike is so fucking funny, bro. Oh, oh my god, dude. That's it, so perfect. It was wonderful. And then I ended the night the way that you should when you're drinking all night in Japan. I caught a 6:30 a.m. train, drunk as piss, and had to stumble my way home. Dude. The real experience, boys. That's Fuck, so yeah. fucking sick. I probably would have stopped at a vending machine personally, but Oh, I did. I got a <laughs> bottle of cow piss. <laughs> Were you here for the cow piss thing? No. Okay, it's a it's a energy drink. How's how do you spell it? C A L P I S. Calpis. Calpis. Okay. You yeah, literally cannot pronounce it without it sounding like cow piss. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you said, so it's like their version of Gatorade. Dude, it tastes just like a glacier, glacier blue Gatorade. Okay. That's tight, because that's the best one. <clears throat> oh yeah. Yeah. Is that it? That's tight. Well, I, I can't I had a million questions for you, and I feel like I've asked none of them. But I have enjoyed reliving your trip to Japan and and I and I like South Korea as well. I feel like that was like a movie listening to that. <laughs> It was so, awesome to relive it with you guys, man. It was, it's, yeah, I've only yeah. been back a week, but it feels like, you know, so far away already. So having a chance to talk it through was yeah. really nice. Fuck, Fuck yeah. yeah. So do you think you're going to go back to either? Oh, dude, definitely. Okay. I'll probably head back in three, maybe four years. So are you still in contact or have the contact with your friends that you made? For sure. In fact, yeah. uh, Ons friend wants to come to America. And I told him that if he's going to be on the East Coast, hit me up. I got a couch with his name on it. Fuck yeah, dude. Hell that's yeah. sick. And it, it, here's the shitty thing. Like, yeah, welcome to Fredericksburg. <laughs> like, <laughs> here you are having the time of your life and be like, so this is Route 3, this is Central Park. Uh, everything fucking sucks here. <laughs> nah, I know you love Fredericksburg. I'll dude, definitely be able to show him a good time. Fredericksburg's yeah, getting dude. there, man. It's getting there. You want to get him in the holler, hit me up, and I'll show him a thing or two. I'll oh get him boy. all fucked up on Sean. You want to see more trees than you thought existed, my man? Let me show you. <laughs> Come on down! Let me show you Bartlow. <laughs> oh, Yeah, Jesus take him to Christ. fucking Bartlow. You ever done That'd meth? Be a, you ever done meth in a burnout in the same day? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny as shit, Oh, my dude. God. I love it. Kyle, do you have any other experiences you want to hear about? No man, I'm uh just wanted to say again, I'm I'm happy you're doing so well. It's been yeah, great dude. catching up with you, man. Been Thank too long. Guys. Yeah, man. It's we uh we are both extremely extremely proud of you. I really For appreciate sure. that, guys. Thank Absolutely. you. <clears throat> Make our podcast better. 
So, uh, <laughs> Kyle, do you have any TikToks? Uh, hold on. Because I'm sure, Mike, you know that we usually end our podcast with TikTok bullshit. Yes, sir. I don't know if I have any because I, I do. Okay, I, did, we, I didn't. I didn't hook my phone up or anything because I didn't know if you wanted to do any of them today. I'm down for it if we have any that that are good. I uh, I think I, I have one. I, I and I don't know. I'm let me see. Let me see. Can I? Oh, do any okay. Of the audio ones. So I have one. It's just stupid shit. Uh, but yeah. So I'll just Man. I'll just stick with the uh the Luke segment. Oh yeah. So have you heard about our new segment, Mike? No, new segment. Let's go. So go ahead, Kyle. I started uh what was it one or two? It's two episodes ago two now. Two episodes ago, and it's one and one. Yeah, it's one and one. Uh I started a segment called How Fucked Up Is Luke? Oh so shit. I will I will play a video or an audio and uh if he ends up laughing, he's fucked up. Oh, no. <laughs> so I thought one was fucking god-awful. And Kyle was like, you don't think that's funny? I'm like, no. And then one, I was in fucking tears laughing. Oh, the slavery So this one? is essentially just yeah. like, how hard is Luke going to hell? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. So yeah. the one I laughed at was uh, Bobby Lee and whatever the other dude's name on his podcast. And he was like, what about like if there was one Asian guy in the Civil War that was like, Ghost label we or something like that. And I thought it was so fucking funny. <laughs> so I'm excited. Usually the Kyle kind of hit a flat tire last weekend or last week with that one. So I'm excited to see what he's got in the chamber now. Oh, All right. Boy. See what happens. What's the difference between a boy scout and a child? A boy scout comes home from camp. What's the difference? Oh my! Kyle, god damn it! <laughs> oh, two to I knew one. That was coming, and I still, I still almost. I had it. no idea. I thought it was gonna be like, uh, like a <laughs> sexual joke or something. Ah! <laughs> so, so I got one more for you, but I'm gonna have to That's try and put it in the camera. Or... Yeah, so okay. I can, so I can uh, show it to Mike. Okay. Can you can you see it? Is it focused there for you? It is now. Okay. Okay. All right. Here, let me turn it up. <laughs> Bro, you laughed at both of those. <laughs> All right. Tell the viewers what it it says. Uh, Five-year-old kid, I want to be an astronaut when I grow up. Stage four brain cancer. Just flexing. <laughs> oh God, you're fucking. <laughs> that awful. dude's videos are so funny, and he doesn't uh, like. He just posts those videos flexing, and then people take them and post that shit on there. That's so funny. Brain so good. <laughs> How is that? For some reason, that's hitting me more fucked up than the Jew joke, dude. What the fuck? I kids. Just, Cause yeah, cause yeah. It's kids. Yeah. They're both funny. Fuck him, goddamn kids. Fuck them kids, bro. <laughs> Fuck them kids. Oh shit. Yeah, that's all I got. So. Oh, do you not have mine? I sent it to you. Oh, you sent one. Yeah, plug it back up, bro. It's funny. It's my typical Theo Vaughn funny stuff. I didn't know you sent me one. 
Oh, God, this water is so good. You know, a hat is just a little apartment for your head, really. <laughs> Look, a reindeer is just a gay moose, so say it's not. And a bridge is just a road that's fucking brave as fuck, though. A possum's a scavenger. Okay. They call them brown buzzards. Oh, yeah, forest shrimp, they call them sometimes. Yeah. Bees are Satan's little German shepherds. <laughs> you know, spring is, um, is when winter kind of gets lazy. You know, a hat is just a little apartment for your head. Jesus Christ. <laughs> These are Satan's German <laughs> <laughs> Oh, his, God, I love that his, motherfucker. His show is getting so much better. <laughs> like, when we started this podcast, you were like, bro, I fucking hate talking about Theo Vaughn. And now, and now it's I, like it's every episode. So he just had Rain Wilson, uh, who played Dwight on The Office. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And I'm in the middle of He almost of made him cry. Who? Uh, Dwight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dwight. I saw the clip, yeah, but I yeah. haven't gotten to that point yet. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, Rain Wilson's an awesome human being. Yeah. So, all right. I got to wake up for work in the morning. So, Mike, thousands of thank yous for coming on the podcast. It's so good to hear from you. I'm yeah. so proud of you for doing something that Kyle's never going to do. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not going to hell, bro. <laughs> oh, shit. Stage four brain cancer. Stage but four no, brain um, thank you for taking the time to do this. We have yes. been waiting fucking months. Ever since we saw your first picture, I was like, hit Mike up and let's fucking do this. And I'm hell glad yeah. it finally happened, dude. It's so sick. I'm sending you my address as soon as we get off here so I can open up <laughs> the Pokemon cards. Week. <laughs> Are you sure you're cool with it? 100%, dude. I would be so happy to do that fucking can't wait. I'm going to open them up and I'm going to scream when I pull out the rarest card in the world. And you're going to be like, hey, can I get this back? <laughs> it's okay because it'll be Korean so it'll only be worth a tenth of what it normally is. <laughs> it's only ten cent. Hell yeah. No, All right, boys, bro, this was we'll... great. Thank you guys so much for bringing me on. I'm glad we could catch up. It was just damn good to hear from you guys again and talk Plus, to you yeah. again. It's been too good long to see years. you happy, brother. Thank you, yep. man. Thank you. You guys right, have a well, good night. Yeah. Later, boys. Later. Thank you.